This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Mexican Ray Phoenix, and you'll listen Boston wide open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 90. We are inching closer and ever closer to that centennial mark. My name is Nick Howell. And still having horrible nightmares about dick druids, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Oh man, that was I. Uh, I love Ray Phoenix. That was a cool bumper he cut for us. Yes, and, and that and, was really cool. Yes, uh, well, us. Uh, shout out to Judith Brooke for catching that one for us. That was awesome. PWG. Uh, but uh, yes, welcome to the show. We have a huge, huge, huge show this week. Uh, so many things to talk about. WWE. Lots of stuff happening there. They're building towards three pay per views. Three monstrous pay per views. And they're doing it on on Raw, especially in some of the most bizarre ways possible. Raw was bizarre this week, all over the place. Uh, I can't wait to get into how what happened there, wh- why things happened there. Uh, SmackDown was also they're building towards uh, Hell in a Cell as well as well as the other pay per views. I think I thought they're doing a good job, but their numbers were way down, and apparently the attendance. The live attendance was terrible at this show at SmackDown. Yeah. Oh man, I saw the picture. That was of the such entire a good show. Entire hard cam side was tarped off, according to the pictures I saw. Bad. But uh, we also have to talk about All In, which happened this week. Uh, the largest independent wrestling show of all time. Ever. Uh, that went down this week, and uh, we've got lots and lots of thoughts on, on that. That's going to be in the second half of the show, along with uh, NXT 205 Live and the returning May Young Classic uh, which we really have to discuss. That's yes. off to a really good start, actually. I was really impressed with the first episode uh, and the talent they have going on there. Um, but before we get into the show, we do need to remind everybody to head over to our Facebook discussion group. It's our hub for all things busted wide open. Indeed. Uh, lots of, as the title would uh, indicate, lots of discussions going on there. Uh, we do little rundowns every time a show's on. We've got our little live discussion going on there. Uh, we post funny memes to make each other laugh. We have uh, a thread going topics. Right, yeah, we have a thread going right now about what our fans want to call themselves. So if, <laughs> if, because you guys need a name, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where I want to collect a bunch of different names and then we can put a poll up uh, here in a month or so and that way we have uh, you know something that we can refer to you guys as rather than just f- generic fan A. Busties. Busty. Um. I I really yeah, I think it's going to happen <laughs> organically one way or another, but okay. uh, I I am I, as always we're very grateful to all of our listeners and all of our 
our peoples out there who send us in questions, who yes. join us on Patreon at patreon.com. We do have a bunch of awesome tiers that you can sign up for with lots of good rewards, uh, swag, the ability to uh, put questions on the show, uh, interact directly with us, get show notes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Check it out. And you can also find us. We have lots of uh, online media places. You can check us as well. For instance, Twitter. Yep, at BWO Podcast over on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it's we don't really have a, a big news section this week, but no. we do have a, a somber piece of news breaking literally about an hour or two ago. Uh, we've lost Burt Reynolds. Yes. Uh, Burt Reynolds passed away at the age, I believe it was 82. 82. Um, from what I understand, natural causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no real complications or anything like that. Um, but we do want to remind everybody to go check him out as a guest ring announcer. Yeah, WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 10. And he uh, he had some interruptions with Shawn Michaels that are Harsh pretty... Harsh Shawn Michaels game, dude. <laughs> yep, pretty legendary stuff right uh, there. Yeah, Shawn was trying to trying to hit on Ronda Shear. Yes. And uh, Bert told him to buzz off. So that... <laughs> Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Of Reynolds. You can't forget his Jeopardy segments on Saturday Night Live. Wait, even though it wasn't him, it was you know uh, Norm Macdonald doing it. But the big hat. I mean, just what a legendary career for that man. And he's he goes down as one of my favorite actors of all time. It's not just Smokey and the Bandit, but his versatility that he had between different roles and different types of films and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely one of my all time greats. So uh, rest. And in he peace. told the heartbreak kid to piss off. So Ed, that's he, yes. Really, if you need to know anything about that guy, that's it. Uh, but yes, we do have an enormous show, and we don't have any time to waste. Uh, we need to get into the show, which I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively calling the happy 35th birthday, Braun Strowman. Your boy turned 35 today. So happy birthday, Braun Strowman. Let's get into this talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, we saw the shield come back out and go straight back to jail. Uh, straight to jail. Yeah. Uh, so Braun <laughs> yeah, Strowman, to, yeah, Braun Strowman is now official. Last week, you you couldn't believe it. You could not believe your eyes. You didn't think it was actually happening. You Why? thought there, you thought there was going to be some sort of weird tweener thing. No, Braun Strowman officially confirmed he has gone full heel. He came out with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler at the top of the show. They're now a faction. They're all three doing Braun's raw hands in the air thing at the when they come out. That's they are a faction. They are the faction that is opposing the Shield. Uh, Braun had a, a whole speech where he, you know, they showed the clip of him beating up the Shield last week with uh, or Roman with uh, Dolphin Drew, and then beating up the whole right. Shield as they came to the ring one by one. And he said, "That's that's what I call justice." Um, well, now he's got his own pack, and he's calling himself the the big dog of the yard. So apparently, we have a big dog off. Uh, my yard is my yard. Well, really, whose yard is it? Vince McMahon's uh, yard. Let's get it straight. <laughs> um, but so the shield comes out, does their entrance through the crowd and a huge brawl breaks out that for some reason, the entire locker room. Well, most of the locker room clears well, they came out. out in phases. If I remember, right. yeah, it was like one group of people and another group of people. A lot of people came out of the back, uh, mostly the lower card guys, a lot of the tag teams, etc. Yeah. and Finn Balor randomly. Uh, all came out to try and stop this melee and break it up. Typical locker clearing riot brawl thing. But next thing we know, we come back from commercial break and the shield is being put in the back of a paddy wagon and sent to jail as everyone's arguing backstage and Baron Corbin is trying to restore order. Um, now, uh, let's just run it forward in the show. Okay. Uh, let's just run this. Let's just run this whole thing forward. Cause this, this, here's the thing. 
Raw was freaking bizarre this week. It was all over the place. Lots of enormous logical holes. Not that I expect like a ton of logic from a wrestling, but there was just there was a bunch of stuff that was just like, well, we just want this to happen. For example, the shield getting processed, seeing a judge and let and released from jail within three hours, less than three hours, within like two hour hours, so, two yeah. and a half hours on Labor Day and then returning in the main event in an ambulance. It wasn't an ambulance. It was like a paddy wagon. Like a whatever. Van, so what, yeah. They hijacked the paddy wagon. They yeah. left in and came back. Okay. Because they're the shield. They're the <laughs> hounds of justice. Okay. They can whatever well anyway they came back uh at because the end of the whole thing really, that's really because because wrestling um yeah so the courts in columbus ohio are really good apparently yeah. actually no in 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 kayfabe uh cory graves figured this out later he he tweeted out that david otunga pulled some strings for them because ah, okay. he's got he knows some people as being a lawyer long as, as long as he's not on the commentary <laughs> he desk. is anyway it was bizarre uh so but basically what happened was finn balor even though he came out at the beginning to do Baron Corbin's bidding, Baron Corbin, you know, bidding the entire locker room to come out and break up the fight. Apparently Finn's okay with that, but then he challenged Baron Corbin backstage saying, look, we have unfinished business. Uh, You can't accept the fact that I can beat you. Uh, You say you weren't prepared last week, and so you cheated. Well, this week, I want you man on man. We're going to figure out who the better man is, not demon. I'll come out as a man, and you and I can have this out once and for all. Yeah, but didn't they do that already? a bunch of times, but that's fine because Corbin found a way to squirrel out of it by saying, okay, yeah, I'll face you in the main event tonight. Isn't that great? Uh, Finn goes, yeah, sure. And then halfway through the show, Baron says, oh, I've got so much other stuff to do. I, I'm not going to make it. Uh, Baron, uh, uh, Braun Strowman was back here asking me for some uh, competition earlier on. You're facing him. And so, of course, Finn and Braun have a match in which Finn did his, what he usually does against Braun, which is fight incredibly valiantly find a whole bunch of ways to evade him and almost take him down, but eventually gets crushed, at which point, return of the Shield, another big brawl to end the show. The Shield gets absolutely beaten to hell by all of the heels on the show. Like the entire locker room comes out. But it was all the heels, specifically, including like Drew Gulak. (laughs) Randomly. Drew Gulak randomly is there uh, beating them down too. Okay. Um, Which is fine. Drew Gulak on Monday Night Raw. I'm cool with that. Um, but it was a real bad beatdown. Dean Ambrose got uh, beaten down on the announce table. Renee Young announcing again this week, which was very cool. But, you know, her husband got beaten down right in front of her. Seth got thrown off the ramp into the paddy wagon. Arm went through a window, and he was bleeding everywhere. Um, people thought he really got himself, but he, he posted a picture later. It was just a bunch of, like, you know, skin got just kind of shaved off. Ew. So it was bloody, but not too bad. Yeah. Uh, and then Roman got the crap kicked out of him. So they're all laid out at the end of the show. <laughs> Uh, Braun's new faction with Ziggler and McIntyre and and the backing of the new authority Baron uh, Baron Corbin now apparently uh, you know, they all, in league with every, each other everyone's everyone's against the shield so the Roman project continues here's the thing is that in this they are throwing everything out the window as far as logic is concerned uh, in order to uh, have it be everyone against the shield right it just uh, i i get the whole authority versus the shield thing the the corbin versus the shield but there's so many other aspects of this where there's like it, finn balor for instance being out there at the end kevin owens is back this week we'll talk about that in a little bit but kevin owens came out in the group at the end and is now helping braun Strowman, the guy who's been destroying him for months and made him ostensibly quit last week okay so it was a whole lot of just throwing logic out the window in order to serve 
this particular, like we want to have the shield cause a riot and get beaten down by everybody and be laid out at the end of the show. Well, hang on. Cause I, I, I want to weigh in here on this because I am a true shield Mark. Like I love the shield, everything that they do. And the fact that they kicked their old music and came down the steps, old school style, uh, really just got me a big, big time into it. I don't know why you're turning the ship completely into, uh, the shield at this point. You have so much other stuff that was already in motion and going on for Hell in a Cell, for whether it's for Superstar Showdown, Super whatever, Super Thing, Super Slam in Australia, whatever super, it is. Super Showdown on The entire show seems like the ship is being steered into everything's going to set orbit around the shield. And I don't like that because it's so one-sided. It's so one versus many. You don't have... There's only so much you can do with that. You don't have any parallel kind of things that you can do. Well, if you, you're it, centering everything around... It makes the whole the card very shallow because yes. you don't care about anybody else's feuds because it's yes. all about them. And that's exactly kind of where I was getting at, at it. They threw everything else out the window to make it all about the shield, specifically because it's all about Roman, right? It's still all about Roman and the shield is basically just there so that they, we can't, you know, people can't, he got out of the paddy wagon first and everyone's kind of like, yay, boo, it's the shield. So I can't really boo Roman. And then when Dean and Seth got out the back of the wagon after Roman got out of the, of the, of the thing, of course he had to get out first. Of course he did. But yeah. once they got out, everyone's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Cheer. And now they're cheering, but they're still mixed on just Roman. But when he's with the shield, people they have a hard time. As you said, guilty, you love the shield. Guilty. So it's, it's, they've got you. They got you over a barrel here. And unfortunately, though, because of this obsession, it's making the rest of the card, at least for the, for the men, it's making it just make no sense. And a lot of the undercard this week, and we'll get into it right now. Yeah, let's talk about Corbin real quick, though, because you uh, yes. mentioned that he was going to be the authority figure. And I want, to, I want a chance to weigh in on, because we've been on record saying that we're fans of the whole Constable Corbin gimmick thing right his he fits really well into that oh he's fan and he was fantastic this week in this role yes but when you step it up and you now make him the acting general manager mm -hmm. um does that cross over a line where we still like constable corbin is it inching too much towards well he's not john laurinitis is it inching too much towards corporate cane territory oh god no you know i mean are, are we is it i mean i don't want it to get cringeworthy where it's just constantly like Ugh. here's the thing you is know? that well this and this is I, I had in the notes that is kind of like you know, how does he compare to the like, this is not the first time we've had a, an authority figure who, you know, is out for his own good and takes advantage of everything sure. and, and, and is a heel authority figure. You know, we've got everyone from Triple H and Stephanie, like, as I said, Laura Nitus. you can go all the way, you know, all the way back to Jack Tunney even. Um, or Vicky Guerrero in there. If you Vicky want to. Guerrero is a great example, yeah. right? Lots of history with this. Corbin is really good at this role and he's so naturally smarmy that it doesn't take much. He doesn't have to do much. You don't have to overbook what he does. To like, so for instance, this week, and this will actually lead us into our next segment very nicely. Uh, this week, he when uh, Strowman and Ziggler and McIntyre confronted him and said, we want competition. Um, and Ziggler and McIntyre said, we got nothing to do. Let's go for the tag titles. And Corbin sure, said, well you, well, you can't because I've already booked a tag match tonight. It's the Revival versus the B team for the championship. Uh, but, you know, they were, they're like, well, what if one of those guys can't compete? And they go, and Corbin responds by saying, well, I mean, I'd have to change my plans then. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And he didn't have to do anything. He didn't even have to overplay it. He just said it. 
And he's so naturally smarmy, you went, oh, he's giving them the ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Right? They're giving, <laughs> giving them the, 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 the nudge, which, of course, they did. They went off and beat up the Revival backstage, came out, took their place against the B team. And let's talk about this right now. They came out and pretty much handled the B team, who, by the way, until last week were undefeated. And they, they got murdered by Ziggler and McIntyre this week. Ziggler and McIntyre, your new tag champs. The main feud, Braun's faction, uh, Braun, Ziggler, and McIntyre have the tag champs, uh, tag championships now. Seth has the IC belt. Roman's got the universal. All the belts are in this main feud now. Like, that's all the marbles, the, top, the very, very tippy top of your card. And that, is it just me, or does that seem like putting all your eggs in one basket? It's for me, I, uh, it sounds familiar. You know, there's there's something that we've seen over in NXT that has worked really well in in over the last year, and that's the faction of Undisputed Era. When you have a uh, two tag guys that are tagging well with someone like an Adam Cole, and you just throw all the gold on them. They had their whole promo earlier this year around WrestleMania was we're dripping in gold. Yeah. So I I'm sitting here going, hmm. Did they see the success of Undisputed Era and go, hey, we've got the Shield. Why don't we just do that same thing over here? Are they I trying wish, to replicate it? I wish I could say that I agreed that that was the inspiration for this. Yeah. I think this is just cold hard. I want to have, you know, Vince Vince saying, I want to have all of the marbles in this feud. I want to have everything on the line with these guys so that it's got as much potential meaning and, and, um, as possible, you know. It's what as, you said as, as earlier. You, as it can be. You've killed the depth of the roster. Well, and by doing how, that. what does this say for the tag division? That two singles guys who have, you know, granted been tagging for a couple of months now, but still they're two singles wrestlers who are working together. Yes. What does it say when, and again, also a caveat, the B team's not exactly, like, they've been presented as being a fluke team from the start. But what does it say when, you know, and the revival got beaten down pretty handily backstage. That uh, buries your whole tag division even worse than it has been over the last few months. Anyway, like yeah, this all, is just the final, that's the final straw. All that stuff I said over the last few weeks about, oh my god, this is it, B team and revival. Yeah. This is going to be the thing that relaunches what? the the tag division. Forget I said all what? that. <laughs> Out the window. <laughs> We're back to chaos again, and just it's in absolute shambles. Uh, on, on something as trivial as an introductory angle for Drew McIntyre being, you know, coming in with, you know, his, his best buddy, Dolph Ziggler, that won't probably survive the year, if I'm being honest, because Drew is just so big. He's going to be, he's going to be doing single stuff at the top of the card before we know it. Um, I, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what their the end game is here. Oh, uh, it's it's because they want to make this as as important as possible. This feud between these two three person factions is the most important thing on Raw. And if this if this week's show the writing of it didn't get that across to you, then the, the tag belts uh, especially like that was the period on the sentence. It's all about these six guys. So they can set up Seth and Dean to come after uh, the tag belts. The tag or what, belts. Yeah, right. someone else can take the icy belt off of Seth at some point or not. They'll probably keep it floating around there. Maybe maybe uh, Braun gets it or something. Who knows? Like they can mix and match these guys, have them be in singles, have them be in tags, have them be in Freeburg matches. You know, they've already got three on three booked at uh, Super Showdown, I believe, between these three, between these two factions. <sighs> so, okay. This is going to be an don't don't uh, don't think this is going to be a flash in the pan. This yep. is going on for a while. 
uh, unless someone gets injured again, Dean. Well, if there's any silver lining that's that's going on here, I remember us a year ago, uh, last summer, really going on, and, and frankly, it's been a running theme. We really want like factions. It seems like we're getting factions. You're getting your factions. We're, we're so I. <laughs> but what's damn like it? It's, but it's not what I want. Not like yeah, here's the thing. It's not about what we want. It's about what's good for the show. Yeah. And on one aspect, let's face it. Shield versus Braun, Ziggler, and McIntyre is going to be good feuds. I just didn't like how everyone else got involved for no logical reason. That was, you know what, that was fair. where creatively right. it, they lost me, and it made a lot of the show make no logical sense. Um, so as long as they keep it between these two factions, you've got me. All these guys can work wonderfully. It's going to be a hard-hitting, badass feud, in my opinion, but you know, as much as I'd love to crap all over it because it's not what I want, it's gonna, it's still gonna be pretty good. Does Roman survive Braun Strowman at Hell in a Cell? Of course, Roman, okay. Roman retains, but that just means Braun Strowman is gonna have failed his cash in. I don't know. You know, there is a part of me that says Braun could take it uh, because Vince, too. Vince, you know, can sense the backlash maybe and knows that maybe putting on Braun's a good idea. I just I also don't agree with the fact of taking your hottest baby face besides Seth Rollins in Braun Strowman and turning him heel for no good logical reason other than Roman needs an opponent. And the major problem with that is it 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 makes a, a huge section of the audience confused or tune out because they don't know how to feel. Um, I was really rooting for this guy and he just suddenly turned and it's, I want to talk about this more when we talk about Becky Lynch, who also had a heel turn around the same time and had a completely different reaction to what Braun Strowman's getting now, you know, like it's, it's uh, two really good, uh, opposing contrasting positions as far as a heel turn. So I, I'm curious to talk about that, but we got to move on. Yep. Uh, the bottom line is I'm, I, I don't know if it was a good idea to turn Braun heel, but here we are. It actually should. I mean, once it settles, it probably is going to be a, a few that gives us some good matches. Can I give us a good exhale moment real quick? Sure. Brock Lesnar is not the universal champion anymore. The belts <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. It's what we all wanted for a really long time. So let's take a step back and just appreciate that, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, moving over, we had a special appearance this week by Shawn Michaels. Yes. Uh, Speaking of heartbreak, kid. After Triple H came out and gave his heartbreak dad twenty-seven minute promo and recap of history of him, Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Now we get Shawn Michaels coming out and yep. and he did the Undertaker. He did something that John Cena couldn't do for two months: summon the Undertaker in five minutes. Bong, Bong out comes old man Taker uh, to tell him, you know, I beat your ass. Until you had to retire, and I own a piece of your soul. I own a piece of Triple H's soul. And uh, if Triple H wants to come at me again, I'll beat him down again. I Here's the thing. I didn't think this was a bad segment. No. It's all you know, just a big advertisement for Super Super, super Showdown. Fine. They're advertising the hell out of it. They're getting a ton of money from the Australia Tourism Board or the Melbourne Tourism Board, I guess. Um, fine. They got, that's what they got to do. And on a certain level, the, you know, the, the kid in me is like, ooh, nostalgia. Ooh, Shawn Michaels, sure. Undertaker Me in the too, ring again. The whole time. Uh, you know, it reminds you of all those great matches they had. Yeah. But the other part of me is like, oh, God, this is kind of sad. This is kind of sad. They both look their age. Look Shawn Michaels' eye is even more off-center than it ever was. <laughs> 
He's still trying to wear the little hat. Taker can still kind of, I mean, now I don't get a proper cowboy hat. Now I don't know if Taker is just walking slow because it's dramatic or because he can't walk. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I'm, I'm just saying, um, you're just being mean. uh, Well, it's, I, I feel awful saying it because it's freaking Taker, but there's a point. I mean, this is something that, you know, no wrestler can ever truly retire, right? They have the hardest time stopping and leaving the spotlight. Ask Ric Flair. Ask, ask Ric Flair. Ask uh, Mick Foley. Yeah. Ask Terry Funk. Yeah. You know, how many retirement matches have all those guys had? A lot. You know, uh, so ask this Taker. Is Taker's like fourth. Um, well, they never officially Allegedly, retired. Allegedly, right. He left his gear in the ring with a spotlight on it. Yeah. If that's not a retirement, I don't know what is. Yep. But and and I really wish he'd kind of left it there. Yeah, me I too. really do. That and I've been legendary. So there was a part of me that that really not uncomfortable, but just was kind of uh, time is an evil mistress. You know, had that. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what that feeling would be called. I'm searching for the word for it. But regardless, yeah, it, it happened. Sean and Taker was in the ring. Uh, we're getting the. And the question now is: Is Sean going to be involved? At Super Shunner. Will he be the ref? Will it be a three way? That's what I wanted to will get it be, to. Will it be I don't think it'll be a three way. I think we're going to get a repeat of Sean Michaels' special but guest why would referee. They repeat it? Because it's it's a legendary match. Sean you know? has been, Sean, you know how Sean kind of said in this speech here, he's like, I haven't come back out of respect for you, Taker. And Taker said, it's not respect, it's fear. That sounds to me like building logic for a Sean Michaels' comeback. Mm, okay. It does. And Sean has said he thinks he has one more match in him. But the question is, is, is it Taker? Is he going to come back for one more little run? Is he going to be in a three-way? That's all this made me think of. But yes, you're right. We do have to move on. There are tons of other things to talk about this week, including the fact that the Bellas. Here we go. The Bellas were back this week in we, tag we team move action. We on talking about Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, and now we have to talk about Well, it's a Bellas. whole different kind of sad. Uh, so the Bella Twins were back uh, having a tag match against uh, two members of the Riot, Squad, uh, the Riot Squad, WWE, Riot Squad, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan had a match against them. Um, and in, to, in my mind, really showed how limited the Bellas are in the ring. A little bit of rust. A little bit of rust. A little bit of never were that good. Yeah. Um, they, you know, for... Brie Bella almost died. <laughs> twice. Yeah. Uh, Brie Bella botched two dives to the outside. One just hideously bad. And then the other one was like, I want to say almost died like Sasha Banks almost died with the Oscar dive. Yeah. So this is one thing that was a big discussion online was when Sasha botches, we all say, Oh, well it happens. You know, botches happen. You know, we will allow it. But when Brie, when Brie does it, we go, she's terrible. Sasha's actually a really good wrestler. Yes, she is. (laughs) That's the difference. Brie is the better wrestler, arguably of the two Bella twins, but She's nowhere near on the level of some of these women who are working the WWE right now. They are the Bella twins proved again this week. The old adage from AJ Lee that talent is not sexually transmitted. Nope. Um, and nope. I don't, I don't care who your husbands and or ex boyfriends are. It doesn't make you a good wrestler. And I understand that to a certain segment of the WWE audience, the Bellas represent something, um, whether that's female empowerment. I don't know. They're, they're, they are like what happens if to you, me they're the last scab of the divas area. 
You know, it, yeah. it's it there, and we we keep picking that scab off for some reason. I called him like the last vestigial remains of it right. the other week. I mean, it's it's like if Enzo Amore uh, Enzo Amore had a three way with Kim Kardashian and Eva Marie. You know what I mean? That's it. it, what? it, it, it I'm thinking of like in terms of talent presentation and why they're there. They're not there for their wrestling ability. They're right. there because they're on Total Bellas, and that's a hit show. Okay. Period. And because they represent something to that audience, and they're trying to promote the new season of Total Bellas. Plus, they're going to be involved in evolution in some way because for some reason now, instead of just being you know, another member of a whole Divas division that they were still kind of you know, not respected in then, now they're back and being touted as like the, the originators of the women's evolution, which is some serious historical revisionism. Um, but that's why they're here now is for all of those reasons, not because they can wrestle. And that was shown to us this week when they were completely out outshone by Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. So what's your theory of there? Because we did have a backstage segment as well where they approached Ronda Rousey. Yes. Is this, and it was it seemed like it was in good favor, but it was a little bit snarky and a little bit poking at her a little so in certain ways. Are, are, are we ultimately leading to Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey at Evolution? Uh, that's what it seems to be. I mean, it was like it was like Nikki was trying to get in her head and be her friend instead of of Natalia. So yeah. it seems like we're going towards that. I I mean, they're a draw. They sell merch. I can't fault the WWE from a business practice of it, but at certain points, you, you have to recognize that the divas shit is long gone, and it needs to be done. And we need wrestlers. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a line from uh, DJ Butters in our chat right here. Bree tried a literal suicide dive twice. <laughs> that's that's yes, very true. Yeah. And but but he also makes the good point that they are a huge advertising draw for WWE. Look how much they're paying yep. Ronda Rousey. Exactly. They are there to draw people to the product. That's the bottom line. Uh, but speaking of uh, Ronda Rousey, and speaking of women's segments, and and I'm, I'm imagining this happening because Ronda Rousey. Got to toss somebody around this week again. Tossed the hell out of Foxy at the end of this upcoming segment we're about to talk about. If she does that to Nikki Bella, I will be a happy man. Yes. That will be very entertaining. Ragdoll her ass Woo! all over That'll the ring. That will be very entertaining to me. Uh, we had Alexa Bliss come out. She was Elias was in the middle of a typical Elias segment. I love how Elias does the same thing but finds new twists on it every time. So he's running down Columbus, Ohio. Alexa comes out to interrupt him. Her hometown. Her hometown to defend. She comes out to defend her hometown of Columbus, Ohio, from mean old Elias. But then, of course, in traditional Alexa Bliss fashion, so money turns on the crowd halfway through it. She's like, yeah, this is my hometown, Columbus, Ohio. Look, look, I can still do the chant from this college that we're doing the show from. And by the way, everyone who did that chant with me, you're all sheep. Yeah, you're all sheep. (laughs) This is why I left this town, turned on a dime. Another brilliant. I mean, this is Alexa Bliss's strongest suit is these heel turn promos where she almost comes across as a face at the beginning. People start going, oh, yeah, Alexa, all right, cool. Oh, she got me again. Suckers me in every time. Great, great stuff. Um, it's one of the reasons why she's getting she's in the position she's in is because she can do that. Uh, she ended up having a match with Natalia, and she won with an arm bar. Kind of throwing Eyeball, that and eyeballing Rousey the entire eyeballing time. Rousey. I thought that was a great. That was great writing for this whole segment. Was uh, held was it after well the told. bell, mm-hmm. staring at her. Just and then as soon as Ronda jumped in, just went. Yeah, and then a little, little the brawl afterwards between uh, you know everyone had their people with them. You know, Alexa had Mickey James and Foxy, and and Natalia had uh, had Rousey and uh, who else did she bring with her? 
It was Ra- Natalia, Rousey, and uh, I don't remember either. Oh, but well. <laughs> a bunch of women out there. Irrelevant. Um, but uh, so they all, I thought I like this segment. And I like the fact that they did do service to build towards, Alexa built towards both her upcoming matches. She knows she's got two matches. She's got right. um, Ronda Rousey at Hell in a Cell. And then she's got Trish Stratus at Evolution. She did a good job of selling both of those. I thought this whole segment was just fine. Well, hey, let's. Uh, I didn't get to watch the live show this week. It's been a very, very busy week. Um, going on vacation next week, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. But uh, I've been prepping for that. But I didn't get to. See, I only got to see the Hulu version this week. So, what are some other things? Oh, that well, you might have missed if you didn't watch the live well, show and only saw the, the Hulu thing. version. It also makes no sense because a lot of things that you would think they would want to to have be a story were left off the Hulu version. I, I, here's, I don't know the numbers. I don't have the numbers. I'm not Meltzer. Okay. I don't have the numbers of how many people watch the Hulu edition versus the live edition. Okay. So I can't tell you how much they weight the, the views. You know what I mean? Like how much they care if people who watch the Hulu version don't see some of the stuff. Because a lot of this stuff is available on WWE's YouTube site. But they had a lot. Kevin Owens, as we mentioned earlier, came back. So last week, he quit, walked off, and that was that. He was ta- he was put in their alumni page. His shirts came back on ProWrestlingTees.com. It looked like he had quit. And then this week, there was this bizarre segment where Bobby Lashley was having a meditation session with Jinder Mahal and one of the Singh brothers. John T. Um, yeah, which is just, oh, poor Jinder. Oh, but yeah. um, poor Lashley. It's, I mean, what is he got? The Sami Zayn feud and the Elias feud and now this. Like, it's just putting him in all these horrible comedy segments that he's just, they should, he can't do it. He can't do these segments. They screwed up his music, too. His new um, music's awful compared to his old song. Anyway. At any rate, in the middle of this, they're all meditating, having a good time, I guess, sort of, more or less. Out comes Kevin Owen, out of nowhere, kicks the crap out of Lashley, beats him down, gives him an apron power bomb, and I guess we're having a Kevin Owens-Lashley feud. Maybe Wait, they'll explain... did you just quit? Yeah, maybe they'll explain next week why he came back. Maybe he'll have a pro- <laughs> they'll give him some time. He'll have a promo and say, this is why I came back. Uh, or this is what happened. I'm, I'm, I like the fact that he's vicious Kevin Owens again. I like the fact that he's got enough kayfabe power to beat up a dude like Lashley, even though it was blindsided. He did toe-to-toe him later on. Uh, so that's good. I like him as an opponent for Lashley. It's the, it's the most real opponent Lashley's had since he co- he's come back. Yes, I agree with that. And if it's, if it's a... Well, he had a match. He had a couple matches with Roman there. That's true, but I wouldn't even call that a feud, really, right? It was just that was a killing for you to say. Repeat what you had just said. Killing t- yes, <laughs> this first real opponent. Never mind. I'm sorry, screwed that up. There. All right, but this is my it's my point is they could still save this by having Kevin Owens come out and give a promo next week and explain everything. All right, cool, no harm, no foul. You explained why you came back. Baron Corbin cut you a deal, paid you more money, said he'd give you some real competition, and he's going to give you Lashley. All right, I'm back in. Right, if you beat Lashley, you get a title shot. Something like that. And then he goes for Seth, takes the IC belt. I don't know. Now I'm overbooking. Now I'm going past things. But the bottom line is that this this could be fine. Just this week, it made no sense because last thing we heard, he'd quit, and they didn't explain it this week. Right. So it made it was very bizarre. But I do like the idea of Kevin Owens and Lashley, especially if we got Vicious Owens. Uh, in other bizarre news, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are now a tag team. What? What? I mean, they had a, a bit with the Ascension. Wow. Yeah, they had a bit with the Ascension. I didn't know this. This is the first I'm hearing about this. Yeah, they're a tag team now. And, like, they've already synced up to, like, the entrance. Like, Gable's, like, totally got his own thing going with Bobby Roode's entrance. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's like Chad Gable and his dad. 
Um, and they had a match against the Ascension. The Ascension were made to look like total fools. Uh, they, they called Gable a duck butt. Uh, yeah. I'm so mad right now. So, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm letting you do all of this because I'm so mad. I'm uh, venting. In, in, literally. Uh, in more tag division news, uh, Authors of Pain uh, got some time this week. And they, uh, they murdered a couple of uh, a jobbers after debuting their new manager. Uh, because apparently, uh, so, so first of all, Paul Ellering was their manager and he was fantastic. Yes. He was creepy. He was scary, right? He gave them a sense of menace. He used to manage the freaking road warriors. So there's a some history, but now their new manager is Drake Maverick. What? Yeah. The, the GM of two Oh five live, the face GM of two Oh five live is now a manager 24 hours earlier in the week for AOP and he comes out dressed in the I know this is one of those things where we were kind of joking uh, before we did the show today about how raw this week was just they put a bunch of sticky notes up on a board yeah and just kind of like threw darts at him like for what was hey what if you know that little kid Drake Maverick over on 205 live he's kind of short isn't he let's put him with big old AOP that'll be good for a laugh come on damn it Come on, pal. You know what's funny? You know, I don't you even know what's that. You know what would be that. cool? <laughs> if it's, you have Drake Maverick come in with AOP. Okay. Ugh. It's a funny visual, and if you actually go on Drake's Twitter page right now, his new header is freaking hilarious. It's just both of the guys from... It's it's Ackerman Razor's faces on either side of basically the top of his head because he's so short it cuts him off. Anyway, it is a funny visual. Drake Maverick is great on the mic. This could good but it's really bizarre to just have it thrown at us and it makes no sense with 205 live right, do you think that he's gonna reassume his old uh, uh persona of spud in this role or is it just gonna be drake maverick the uh, same guy that runs 205 he's live? currently presenting it so he, he came out and said i am drake maverick the gm of 205 live there wasn't even like i uh, you know a, a, not a, even trying dr jekyll and mr hyde thing it's just hey i'm a heel on monday i'm a face on tuesday da, 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 da. you know <laughs> it was bizarre now when we get to the 205 live segment there's some stuff i want to talk about with that there's okay. there's some theories as to what's happening here with with drew gulak showing up on raw drake maverick showing up there and and triple h released some stuff this week where he was talking about the potential future of 205 live you want to save that for later I'm going to save that for the okay. 205 live segment because we got to move on and talk yep. about one more thing before we get to the next uh, to SmackDown. And that is that Dana Brooke was in a, uh, a tag match. She and uh, Ember Moon faced off against, uh, I'm not even going to call them by their tag name. Thank you. Bailey and Sasha Banks. And uh, Dana kept, you know, Titus Worldwide was ringside. Titus and Apollo Crews yelling at her uh encouragement and things to do and she kept trying to shut them up they distracted her she ended up eating the pin and then afterwards fumed yelled at them and said i'm done and quit titus worldwide good i thought she was going to go off and be apollo's manager looks like she's going solo good so uh maybe she'll end up on a woman's tag team i don't know Uh, another uh, in my opinion kind of keeping ember moon looking strong but not doing anything with her by the way not yet. We've been talking about Ember for the most of the year since WrestleMania and that she was going to be on the back burner until they got done with this whole uh, Ronda Rousey experiment thing that they're doing right now. But I think Ember's Ember's on the up and up. She's got something to do later this year or first of next year. I, I'm curious what they give her for evolution. Yeah, frankly. Yeah. Um, well, I don't. I, I did care when they first announced it. Now that it's just nothing but a nostalgia act, I don't. I've lost almost all interest at this point. Ember Moon versus Molly Holly. 
I'd actually watch that. Okay. All right. But it but it would right. be to tickle my Molly Holly, you know, love <laughs> and crush that I had, you know, but 15, that's a, 20 but, years ago. But this is the thing. That's your perspective. There's other people who are really going to be excited about Alexa Bliss versus Trish Stratus. There's 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 some of these pairings that they're doing that are that's kind of good. Gonna, I want to weigh in here. I also. Think this I, is going to be a controversial I think I saw opinion. that we're having Lita uh, and chat help me out here. Uh, Lita versus, I'm, I'm actually going to research this real quick. Lita versus uh, Mickey James, I think I saw was a match. Yep. Um, I have a controversial opinion I want to levy here. Knock it out. Um, I, I was very excited about the evolution thing. And I, I feel like I might have said this before, but I want to be clear about it because I've had this this conversation with several people since then. I feel like the pendulum swing of swinging all the way to an all-women's pay-per-view is 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 a little bit too far. Rather than trying to find more time to focus on the better matchups and the better feuds on existing cards and just giving the women more time, now you're, you're swinging it from all men to all women, and now you're going to have to have this. It's reverse. Seg- we're segregating again. I don't like the segregation of the two. I want Charlotte and Sasha in Hell in a Cell last year. Perfect. That's what. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. More mm. integration into. The I want to see it be a shows. better match, but sure. And 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 if you're gonna swing that pendulum so far, don't make it a nostalgic joke. Because I want to see the you're doing the diva shit all over again. I want to see actual female wrestlers wrestling. You are going heel this episode, aren't you? I I'm just I it's I know it's a controversial opinion, and I. Just, I, I don't think it's the right thing to do. You had me until you started doing all the nostalgia matches. Yeah, and then it was just like, okay, now it's it's just a joke, and they're doing it just for marketing to draw numbers and milk more money out of people. I, what, which is their whole purpose. That's don't why they do, do almost. Don't, but it I, is. It's why they. It's why they pay Ronda Rousey so much and give her the championship so early. It's why they bring the Bellas back. Everybody's running around so happy and proud that we're getting an all women's pay per view. And my point is, is that it's not going to facilitate more modern women's non-diva bullshit wrestling. But the thing but here's the thing, they're not bringing back divas. They're bringing back people who were legit women's wrestlers back in the like they're they're not bringing back Eva Marie. They're they're I haven't seen Michelle McCool be added to this and she was one of the better divas. You know, we're getting some of these women wrestlers. We're getting Lita versus Mickey James. We're getting Trish Stratus back. So and, and and if you're mad at the nostalgia factor of it, then you should be more mad at the Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Triple H thing going on. Well, that's one thing. That's not an entire pay-per-view card. Uh, that's true, but I don't think the entire card's going to be nostalgia. Acts. It's going to be quite a bit of it, but they're, they're also trying to, quote, celebrate the history that they have had that they were that they were kind of good like remember those times we were kind of good and we weren't doing pillow fights and mud wrestling okay so we did have some of that that's a little bit of what they're doing here and also uh, as far as the as you're saying the segregation again like the other direction i think i don't think that that's necessarily true i think that uh, it'd be like saying them well why do they have the may young classic then if we had the cruiserweight classic why are they not having the may young it's 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 not a two way street. It's not binary, there. Ian. It's but not it's, all or none, one way or the but other. I'm saying, That's not so what I'm saying. Let them have it an all have women's pay per view, and the then we can have a great all women's pay per view, and then we can move on and have big matches and in combined cards down the road. I don't see any problem have with women's matches on other pay per views. No, I'm now? saying you absolutely will, and it'll be binary okay. in the future. And there's having one pay per view to celebrate this women's revolution thing, and of course, it is all about the advertising and all about the image and how it looks for them to be doing this. And that's where they're making such a big deal out of, of, of the fact that they're doing it. Doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. 
I think the the, the where where people get lost and where I get lost is that this is may set a precedent or you know carry on going forward that there's going to be multiple of these that there's going to be an entire uh, women's division channel that's going to be pay per views and all of the tag teams and all of that kind of stuff yeah. that we've talked about which all of that stuff I'm I'm, I'm on board for but I want to just see it more integrated. I but just I, want to see more. I, I want to see them get as much attention as the men on the existing cards and pay-per-views. That's what. That's the problem to me. Taking everything and like excavating it and moving it over to an entirely different show defeats the purpose. But I, I think that this is going to be one of those like flashpoint things where they're having this big pay-per-view all about the women, and then we're going to start. And we have been seeing. The women's matches become higher on the card, become more of a big deal on the card. Charlotte versus Asuka was being considered as one of the main events of WrestleMania. So it's not like it's not already happening. I don't see any problem with having an all-women's pay-per-view as we're going along on this path towards making women's wrestling a bigger thing in, in WWE. And I can't wait to talk about the Mae Young Classic this week because, holy crap, it's really good this year. Yes. It's fantastic. There's fantastic. Some, and all In had some great women's wrestling as well. It's all stuff we're going to be getting into. I did, I, I'm saying I don't see evolution in as negative a light as you do, even though there are things about it that frustrate me. I think it's good to have it. It's I'm obviously just as annoyed as you are about having a little too much nostalgia act and not building up your new talent. Um, yes. I, 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 you know, and the fact that it needs to become a consistent thing to have bigger women's matches, but they got to start somewhere. And I don't see anything wrong with having an all wins pay-per-view right now. That's going to be, I think, will be entertaining. If it's a one-off, great. If it's if we start having five to six of them per year where they have their own thing, that's as long as we get past the nostalgia. I'm hoping that this is a whole one-off. So that's uh, I know it's 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 hard to talk about that safely. And I just want to have an open dialogue about that kind of stuff. Ladies, uh, if you're listening to the show, we'd love to hear what you have to say about evolution. Uh, I know there's a few of you chatting about it in the chat right now, but I, that's one of the things where I don't want to not have an opinion about it, but my opinion doesn't matter. This is for the women. This is for the ladies. Yes. Um, this is, if we have any ladies in the chat right now, please pitch in. Yeah, because I want to make that clear as well. Look, I can have a position or an opinion, but it, it shouldn't sway WWE one way or the other or our fan base one way or the other. At the end of the day, ladies, this is a sp- big old spotlight for you yeah. and women's wrestling and, exactly. and all of that stuff. And I get that and I understand it. I just wish they were I want them to be treated more equally. I want them to have the equal amount of time on every pay-per-view as we go forward. And if that means we have to get precisely, you know, with a scalpel, if we have to get surgical with what stuff goes on a pay-per-view in order to make those equal, I'm okay with that. So at, at the end of the day, I don't I, even care if it's equal as long as you have equivalent quality. You know what I mean? If you've got if you've got more men's stories that are better, then go with that. If you have more women's stories that are better, go with that. Go with whatever's hot. If Becky and Charlotte is hotter than than Roman versus Braun, go with Becky and Charlotte. But if it's not, go with Roman and Braun. That that's what they, they go with the businesses, you know? And right now, women are business, great. Go there. And it's and it's they're serving two masters at once. Okay. Okay. So with that said, <laughs> with all of that said, big time aside there, um, uh, real quick, Andrea says uh, in chat, she's not sold on it. Could be the start of a good thing, but she doesn't trust them to move forward with it. Well said. Yep. Well said. I think that's a great way to cap it off and head over and talk about SmackDown Live. Well, we got another round of Andrade Cien Almas versus uh, Daniel Bryan, but mm. we have to tell some backstory here in order to get there where... The Miz 
was the Miz and Maurice uh, were challenged by Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella, but they phoned it in from the Tron saying that they were in... Uh, we a have to set the stage here, right? <laughs> that they were it. at a restaurant in Detroit. Well, they at first they said they called out uh, Brie and Daniel uh, before the show saying, where, where, where were you guys? You weren't yeah. here? Well, we tried calling you out. Oh, well, we're going to get some Italian. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and we're not there anymore. We're so. not there anymore. Shit. And then out of nowhere, here comes Andrade C- or Zelina Vega yeah. uh, basically taking Brie off the apron. Now we have a match with uh, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus Zelina Vega and, and Andrade Cien Almas, which after that match ends up being the you have Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan head off to find the Miz at this Italian restaurant. Yeah. Oh. I, by the way, I, I'm, I'm going to say like as much as we just burned down the Bellas on Monday Night Raw, uh, Brie Bella had a brutal knee to Zelina Vega at the at the end of this match. After the match ended, and there was some uh, uh, some uh, the, the women got involved. You know, uh, it was a great hard hitting match, but of course it was. It was Andrade yeah. and Daniel. It was an, a fantastic match. I just, I mean, give these guys a pay per view, and they could really go. Of course, both of them were beat to crap afterwards. I can't Daniel Bryan, they're giving chest, all of this away uh, outside of. They're a testing Andrade. I'm not worried about it. Here's the, Andrade is being allowed to face off against Daniel Bryan at the top of a show. If anyone worried about Andrade, that is a fantastic position to be in, given the length of tenure he's had with his company, which is not long. That is a fantastic position. Don't be worried about Andrade. That's fantastic. And the fact they did two weeks in a row is also a good sign. And they let him look really strong against Daniel Bryan. Even though he did lose clean, he looked really strong. And Daniel looked like he was beat the hell up afterwards. So that's a really good look for Andrade. I'm not mad at that at all. Again, shout out to Brie Bella for throwing a monstrous, uh, what do we call it? A Brie trigger knee at the end of this. Uh, and uh, just knocked Zelina Vega's head off uh, at the end of this. And then, as you said, went off to find Miz and Maurice at a restaurant. Here's the thing, though. I kind of feel like the the kind of the mixed match challenge aspects of this, the Brie and Maurice, as much as I like some of the dynamics that they're t- having towards each other, it's cooling off Daniel and Miz to me a little bit. And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just sensitive to it. And I just wanted my my ice cream without any toppings on it. But just feels like Daniel and Miz isn't quite as hot and spicy anymore. Daniel and Miz or Almas and Daniel Bryan. I mean, uh, those two pairings are are fantastic. But yes, I, f- I feel a little bit of a shift and focus towards uh, the pairings yeah. versus the, uh, the abilities of the individuals. Which, by the way, it has been announced Mixed Match Challenge is coming back fantastic. around the time that Hell in a Cell is happening. So I'm wondering if this feud is basically just to promote that. But we saw last year with that with it, it was completely outside of uh, storyline. Mostly, for, yeah. the, for the most for the part. most part, and it was a lot of fun to and be it, honest with yes. you. So that's it was why probably not, one of the more enjoyable things. From it's last why year. I'm not down on this altogether. I'm just kind of like, oh, I wanted my Miz and Daniel Bryan. And maybe oh, we'll shucks. maybe we'll get it once this phase of it is done, and it'll go back to just being Miz and Daniel. But um, the addition of the woman isn't totally blowing my mind. It's not bad. It's just I, you know. Personally, I wish they'd done something different, but you can't always get what you want. And I want my American Dragon versus El Idolo, damn it. <laughs> you know, I want it. Versus La Sombra. Uh, La Sombra, thank you. Yes, yeah, yeah, no yeah. worries. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so I, I'm not too mad at it at all. But what I liked about this was uh, Miz ends up coming back with Maurice from the restaurant while Daniel and Bree have gone off to find them. They come back and Miz is like, what? Daniel's not here? Oh, well, I guess I'll hang out. 
Paige, who's a, by the way, a fantastic GM. I love the her She's character. She's killing it. She is killing it. I love the fact that she acts like a real, like a real GM. He says, like <laughs> <laughs> she feels, she feels like a. Uh, um, it's still real to you. It's also real to me. She feels very genuine with it. I even like the little details she throws in, like last week when Daniel Bryan was in the ring, saying, "Boy, if only someone could make that match with him and Andrade, I would love if someone could make that match." No, no one can make that match. And then Paige just shows up out of breath and be like, I'm sorry, my 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 office on the other side of the arena. Huh, huh, huh. And she's out of breath. I love that little Play detail. into it, yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun. But anyway, she puts Miz in a match against R Truth. Well, hang on. You have to back this up because it R Truth it gives him the match if he can find he wants Carmella on in his corner. So Carmella, well, what, he has no, to go find Carmella well, because this, of yeah, this, this came being from there. two different directions, didn't yeah. it? It was Miz had to find some comp- Miz had to find someone to face, or otherwise he'd be fired or something right, like that. Or she right. implied he'd be fired. Meanwhile, our truth is still on this quest to find Carmella, which is amazing, which by is the way. which is hilarious. Ends up coming up behind Maurice, quote unquote, mistaking her for Carmella, uh, which he never dropped. By the way, he kept calling her Carmella for the rest of the show. The other Carmella. <laughs> I love that he walked up to Carmella and and said, have you seen Carmella? That other Carmella is mean. Um, But uh, yeah, and then Maurice called Carmella trash. And uh, and then I'm trying to explain this. Truth tells Carmella that she's sat down in trash and gets her to come out with him. It's so wonderfully convoluted, but at the same time, it worked out so beautifully. And it it, our truth who hasn't done anything in years is he's going back to this kind of confused, doesn't really know what's going on, my bad kind of character. But this was really well done in terms of how he found Maurice, pissed her off, made the Miz challenge him for the main event, and he ends up actually running into Carmella and telling her, oh, yeah, the other Carmella called you street trash. Staten Island trash. Staten Island trash. Carmella gets pissed and says, cool, I'm going to go out with you. Meanwhile, Ty Dillinger is standing by saying, Dude, Truth, what are you doing? You're being a maniac. And Truth's like, I'm just trying to show you how to do things around here. Ty goes, in what way are you trying to show me things? Like, what could you possibly be showing me? And R-Truth looks at him dead in the eye, drops the act and goes, how to get into the main event of SmackDown, dog, and walks off. Gold. Gold. Pure gold. And then we have the main event in which our, you know, this is the awesome Truth. They used to be a tag team eight years ago. Yep. Miz versus R-Truth. Great. You know, nostalgia but good the good kind our truth can still go for a 40 plus year old dude he looks great it was a lot of fun uh but at the end miz gets distracted by a returning daniel bryan truth gets the roll-up truth wins the main event of smackdown raw is where you go to get pushed down the card smackdown is where you go to get pushed to the main event land of opportunity good grief and entertainingly so i loved this i was incredibly sports entertained by that entire that ran throughout the entire show uh with our it's actually been going for almost a month now our truth trying to find carmella so that he could get a title shot yep of for, yeah, for her be, woman's title he has, that's irrelevant whether it's a women's or, <laughs> it's he has title. he knows that he has to beat carmella in order to get a title shot he's trying to beat people to get to carmella <laughs> It was, it, that's the thing. It was, this was a long game thing of yeah. making him look like he was crazy, but then he, you know, turns and does that. Eh, I gotcha. Loved it. Loved with, I, I'm very curious to see where they go with his character. Um, but I do know one thing for those of you who are wondering where he and Carmella are going, they're going straight to the mixed match challenge. They are officially a team. Oh, really? I didn't in the hear mixed that. Match okay. challenge. Nice. So that's, that's where I, that's one of the things they're building to here. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, it is. I, I'm actually now pulling for them to win. 
Carmella and Truth. To I, I'm now pulling for them. It's going to be a round robin. We'll talk about it later. It's going to be a round robin. <laughs> so a lot of matches, a lot more matches, a lot more unpredictability. It's going to be like the G1. It's going to be great. Well, let's go over the rest of SmackDown Live. Uh, we had a promo off between Becky Lynch and Charlotte yes, Flair. Yes, separated because they couldn't be in the ring together. So they were separated and had a, uh, were on satellite together. Yes. Um, this, I, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm eating this up with a spoon. It's, I love that they have steered this and it's still on a knife's edge they could still ruin this really easily but they have turned the ship here they have turned the ship into both of these women have a point both of these women are coming from a place where you can't really where you can understand where they're coming from and you you can you could find a way to root for either of them but everyone's rooting for becky yep (laughs) and you could tell that from the audience reaction to this bit where both women were stating their case and everyone was just rooting for Becky because she came across as the driven underdog who's never had the chance, who had to start from literally nothing and has fought her way to the top only to have someone who's got a bit of a silver spoon usurp her. Yeah. And, and you know, th- they could really do something powerful here. I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the Facebook group, but it was uh, just if they execute this double turn the right way, let Becky Lynch get that title at Hell in a Cell and kind of just eviscerate the whole Charlotte thing, you could launch something here that could go for years. You could launch a rivalry between these two that could go on for a really, really long time. Sure. And I'm way behind that. I just I don't know if I have faith in them to actually pull it off and um, execute. Stone Cold said, if you just let Becky be Becky, it'll be fine. Yep. And I completely agree. Just sit back and let them work. Let them be let her be herself. Let Charlotte be herself. Um, and it will just be what it is. And so far, that's exactly what Becky has just naturally got a charisma and a badassery to her. Charlotte naturally has this air of superiority. Yeah, but also elitist. elitist. But here's the thing for everyone who's comparing her to Roman Reigns at this point. Like Roman, she's really good. Unlike Roman, she's wildly charismatic and and is actually, I think, very much in line with the character she's playing, yep. even as a face. Yep. She's better as a heel, but even as a face, she's more in line with her character than Roman is with his character. They're not trying to force the Charlotte character. It just is what it is. They're giving her some wins that we'd rather not she not get, but at the same time, it doesn't feel as forced. And again, this is so we wanted to contrast this with the Braun Strowman heel turn, right? That one made no sense. No. There was faulty logic there. And he was such an he was already such a face. More so than Becky Lynch was. People liked Becky Lynch, but they weren't like blowing up the arena when she came out. They were like, I like Becky. You know, I'm rooting for her. But they weren't giving her the pops that Braun Strowman was getting. So when he turned heel with faulty logic, people don't know what to think. And they're, they're just kind of confused. And that just kills the, the overall emotion. With Becky, when she turned heel, you felt her frustration. You felt the reason why she turned on Charlotte. It's just why the heel turn was arguably botched. It's because they wrote a storyline about it. They wrote a fantastic storyline about it. Unfortunately, it was the, the humorous thing is it was the wrong storyline. Right. They gave us a story and then expected a certain reaction. And it was the opposite of the reaction the audience gave, which means they botched the, the, the storyline. But they ended up giving us something else that was just as compelling, if not more compelling. You know, I was thinking what we were talking about, Braun, and I don't want to dwell on this too much longer, but it's, how would this be different if Braun had not won the Money in the Bank contract? 
Would it have been more feasible to have him make this little heel turn in order to pit him against Roman Reigns? The, to me, the anomaly is the Money in the Bank thing. Yeah, I still think that they was a wasted. Have, they should have played that out before he, doing this whole join up with uh, McIntyre. He did not need the briefcase to get the match at Hell in a Cell. No. I, th- I still think that was a complete waste of a briefcase yep. this year. And and I've, I've been saying that it was bizarre to put it on Braun. It's two years in a row then. they've kind of blown it with the men's money well, in the bank. Well, Corbin, they just stopped, started his push. But this year, I think it was worse. I think Corbin was the right guy to give it to. I just think that Cena kind of killed him. Yeah. But this year, definitely Strowman was the wrong person. Uh, last but not least about Charlotte and Becky, we have confirmed they're having their next match in a freaking cell. Great. Fantastic. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Do that. Also, keep doing what they're doing with Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. This feud is also looking great. We had a, a segment this week. Joe came out, gave another fantastic promo, calling out Styles' wife. Thinking saying, that he wasn't there, by the way. Right. Of course. Talk smack when the guy's not there. Right. Uh, saying, uh, oh yeah, well, you know, your wife should be happy. I'm, I've, I've made you, I made her afraid of me, which makes you stay home to protect her. Way to go, buddy. Or you should be thanking me. Styles comes out red hot. We have a huge brawl. Uh, they have to be separated. Page tells Styles to go away. Uh, it's fantastic. Yes, loved it. Great. It, it just give Good. me more of this every single week, yep. and I will just lap it up. I, I was worried with them going too far with the wife thing. This is they're keeping this right on just enough on the rails. One little toe over the line. Yep, just, that's yep. perfect. Good. Uh, also, uh, let's this week we had Naomi once again have a match with, against the Iconics. This week against Peyton Royce again. Although this time she picked up the win. She picked up the win, but did start getting beaten down afterwards by both the Iconics. And who should come out to help her? But Oscar, Oscar, ah, are we heading towards Oscar in a tag team? What are your thoughts on that? No, I don't want to talk about that. We don't have time to go down that 30, 40 minute rabbit hole right now uh, because I'm just going to get mad. And I've already said what I need to say. I've already been down on the women's stuff enough. You know, I somebody said in in the Facebook group the other day that I called Naomi Oscar. And I want to be clear that that we did say something like that last Last week. week We said, you know, this looks like it's heading towards Naomi in a tag team against the Iconics. Who is there on SmackDown to be your tag partner? And we said, well, the only person's Oscar, but please God, don't let it be Oscar because the whole point of Oscar is she can take anybody by herself and it depowers her a lot to have to put her in a tag team. And I I remember last year when Naomi had her short championship run, I had called that I thought Oscar was going to be the one to take it off of her, and I that didn't end up happening either. So I I don't know what the hell they're doing with Oscar anymore. We haven't seen her other than coming out to well, break up a fight a it's, few it's, weeks ago. It's interesting how they've got a couple of women who they built up to be monsters, her and Nia Jax, and now that they've built them up so big, they don't know what to do with them because they don't know how to keep them on that track without depowering them so that they can have the 50-50 booking come back. Yeah. They don't know how to book things unless you have 50-50 booking anymore, which is uh, which is kind of sad, but <laughs> yeah. um I am at least Oscar did look strong uh in this segment. She did come out beat down both the Iconics. I'm curious to see where it goes, how what the dynamic is here, but uh, I I am nervous. I'll, I'll say that right now. It is a wait and see, but I am nervous. Uh, another thing that I don't need to wait and see on is how ready I am for the Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Hell in a Cell. We didn't even need, they just got a couple promos this week. Yeah. They didn't even need to have any action. Nope. It was just Jeff saying, I'm going to kick Randy's ass in a cell. Randy saying, I'm going to kick Jeff's ass in a cell. We both know exactly what's going to happen here. Jeff's going to try and kill himself. Uh, Randy's going to help. And it's going to be probably, mm, I think this could steal the show at Hell in a Cell. 
That's an interesting calling projection. It calling it now. That's an interesting projection for sure. Uh, last up, we have... Or- or- Orton's awake. He's awake again. Randy's awake. He's not sleepwalking through this. And and awake Orton is good Orton. Okay. And Jeff is going to try and go out. This is his, pardon the pun, his swan song. So, swanton? Swan, anyway. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Finally on SmackDown, we had the uh, second half of the tag team tournament. It was a three on three, uh, uh, three teams. Uh, it was Rusev Day, Sanity, and the Usos to determine. Which I was really excited about this coming off oh, the yeah. match from last week. So basically to set this up, to continue it on, it was three teams last week and three teams this week to t- determine who was going to face each other for the number one contendership to go face New Day at Hell in a Cell. Correct. Oh, man. I was After last week's match, I was so looking forward to this. Uh, especially with these three, these three teams, I think I did say I, I, in a stretch. I hoped that Sanity would get a little bit of a shove here because I feel like these contender type matches, you're always going to have the one that you know that is going to go get the title. But it's an opportunity to put uh, a team that needs a little shine into a contendership match, and so I, that's why I was saying I'm over the moon that Rusev Day won this. Uh, just to be clear, but I was kind of hoping that Sanity would get a little bit of a nudge. To go up and face... Who was the winner yeah. last week? Uh, the bar. The bar. Yeah, right? the bar. To go up and face the bar. Oh, the bar is going to this championship, in my opinion. They're, they're, they're going to face the New Day. They're going to be the number one contenders. But I... Because I don't think Rusev Day is going to be the ones. No? No. I want it. I, I mean, I they, want that it, to be. They looked really good this week because you did have... The story was that Aiden English is now... You know, they're back. Well, he's he's saving Rusev over and over, as opposed to costing them the match. Yep. He's saving the match two or three times and actually helped them win it. So I'm curious what the story is going to be. It, like they're they're saying how Rusev Day is riding high. Is this going to be the success story for Rusev Day to try and get them over as full on just golden baby faces, or is this going to be the the lead up the the they're trying to make us all happy before the inevitable downfall? Yeah. Well, guys, that's it for SmackDown Live. Uh, We've got a lot more wrestling to talk about, including everything going on or that went down at All In, as well as NXT and 205 Live. But to do that, we've got to head over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. Well, starting off, we've got to talk about NXT uh, this week, which was... Mostly kind of an average to middling show, but uh, with a monster main event that was that was very hot. Uh, started off with Cassius Ono wrecking, wrecking Kona Reeves. Kona Reeves, I, I think we can officially say Push might be dead. Yeah, if, if you had any misconceptions that Kona Reeves was going to go anywhere, they were pretty squashed this week. That's go back, repackage, spend another six months in the performance center, lean up a little bit. You know, I I don't know what it is, but that dude just kind of sets off all of my alarm bells. And Cassius Ono basically gave a nasty promo after he handily put him away, saying that basically proclaiming that he is the gatekeeper of NXT. All of you new guys that are coming up and signing up and joining up, you're going to have to you're going to face me and I'm going to push you to the back of the line. I thought this was one of the best things he's ever done. I thought it was fantastic. He's he's a hot heel. He's assuming the role that we all knew him to be anyway, and he's owning it. And I love this version of Cassius Ono. Yeah, same. And it also works really great because a lot of the you know one of the things he said was I'm going to take out all your your favorites. I'm the gatekeeper, right? Uh, yep. And if you you have to get through me, they've got a whole bunch of really hot indie signees right now. You've got Keith Lee, you've got Matt Riddle, you've got uh, Donovan Dijak, whatever they're Chris calling him now. Dijak. Chris Dijakovic or whatever the hell they're calling, yeah. whatever terrible thing they're calling him now. Um, <laughs> Ivan Drago. 
Whatever you can, I mean, all of them now are set to go through Cassius Ono. And if you've seen their matches against Chris Hero on the Indies, holy crap, we're in for some good matches. Holy crap, cannot wait. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, bye bye, Kona Reeves. <laughs> just shoe fly. Yeah, uh, yeah, Keith Lee, Dijak, and, and Matt Riddle are in the house. Yes. Your services are no longer needed. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> right. Uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, we also had Heavy Machinery got called into Regal's office this week to be interviewed about what their role was in the Aleister Black beatdown. Nick, you're the resident Heavy Machinery, Mark. Why don't you take this one? Would you uh, explain this segment to uh, people who may not have seen the show? I had to watch it two or three times just to make sure that was really what was coming out of, of uh, Dozovich's mouth. He was talking about poop the entire time, and Tucky was trying to interrupt him. And he was talking about the arguably, the, I guess it was the massive shit that he had to take. There's he clogged no way, the toilet. There's no way he could have hurt Alistair Black because he was taking a massive shit. Uh, and and but he got out to the to the parking lot to take video pretty quick, didn't he? I guess you know. I must not, was must that not have wiped much. Anyway, they said that they did. All they saw was undisputed era what in their happens car. When all you do is eat steak. Right. Well, that's true. Uh, they saw undisputed era driving away in their car, and that's you've seen everything that we saw. Yeah. So, Pretty much, which is what you'd expect. Their their faces. The game it's, of the large game of Clue in NXT. Uh, who done it? it when continues. we get to the when we get to the end of this segment, we're both going to say who we think it is. Okay. 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 We're going to place our bets now and then see and see who comes out right. Uh, next up, we had the Forgotten Sons debuting. Uh, three man team: Steve Cutler, Jackson Riker. From, I remember from TNA and yep. uh, Wesley Blake. You may may remember used to be teaming up with the Juggernaut himself. Uh, Buddy Murphy, who's now tearing it up on 205 Live. Wesley Blake was l- the literal forgotten son. Uh, but this was good. I, it was a good debut for them. They debuted against the Street Profits and beat them thanks to some interference from the Mighty. I think the Street Profits' Mighty feud goes on. Forgotten Sons with their win here. I would guess face off against Heavy Machinery. Probably Heavy Machinery. That's my thought. Yeah. Uh, because they are a heel team, uh, but I'm curious if the numbers game is what... I, I, I have a feeling that Jackson's going to end up being the singles guy to come out of this, and we'll end okay. up with the tag team of Cutler and Blake. Because when, remember, when we saw them in Riverside, yeah. Cutler and Blake were a Cutler team, and, Blake. and Jackson wasn't a part of it. So, And Riker just looks like a badass. Yes, yes just, he does. Uh, he really does. It's almost like a mini macho man, mini late model macho man kind of look that he's got going on. Yeah, I, without, I really without, dig it. without that extra added right. being cool. Um <laughs> We also had Kyrie Sane have a match where she squashed uh, Trish Adora, who I I don't know. Um, I, I like this new Kyrie Sane. It's like old Hojo's back. Well, it's great because she flips on a dime. Yeah. She goes from like I am really cute Here's and my I'm a treasure an, chest I'm with the anime. belt. Mate. I'm an anime character. I'm a cosplay girl, and then all of a sudden she turns into like oh eat your soul yeah. and just I, she just murders people. And she did it again because Shayna Baszler came out and says, I'm going to do my rematch clause. I want my rematch. Uh, I don't believe she said when. No, she didn't. Um, could be evolution. That could be evolution. Be a, well, that would be a little stacked because we're also going to have the May Young Classic final at evolution. So right? stack it up. Get some stuff that's not nostalgia acts. Isn't that what you wanted? I, I don't think it's what they're going to give me, though. It's absolutely what I want. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> it would time out right, given how they're building this. Sure. But Kyrie did it again. Turned psycho and beat the crap out of Shayna Baszler. This is what I've wanted yeah. for the whole last year. It's what Where has this Kyrie been? As the champ, it's what she needed is to have that fifth gear. Yep. Where she just goes berserk and can murder you. And she's, you know, five foot, 90 pounds soaking wet. Uh, and if, but if she turns on the murder weapons, it's awesome to see because she turns into a little buzzsaw. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, sorry, uh, uh, Trisha Dora. 
Maybe next time. <laughs> uh, Lars Sullivan was next up in William Regal's office uh, to have a conversation about whether or not he is uh, the one that B- attacked Alistair Black. Real quick, B-Bosh corrected me. He already corrected me earlier. Uh, I guess it has not been confirmed, by the way, that Becky and Charlotte will be in a cell. I was 90% sure that they would confirmed it was in a cell. He says it's not in a cell. He also just said that they did confirm the NXT title will be defended at Evolution. Great. Booyah. Great. Fantastic. Booyah. Uh, yes, so back to Lars Sullivan. Thank you, B-Bosh. Thank you, B-Bosh. The Lars Sullivan w- had his meeting. He also denies any involvement uh, in the attack on Alistair. I think Black. He, I, they actually cleared him. They actually said, "There's no way you could have done it," kind of thing. Um, Damn it, he was my pick. Uh, <laughs> he was the obvious, the obvious pick, right? Uh, he did beat up EC3 so bad that EC3 can't compete. But the guy that uh, Lars Sullivan beat down last week, Raul Mendoza, well, they get an actual match next week. I can't imagine that going too much differently than. Uh, nah. Last week, Raul is a really good hand in the ring, though. I think he's wildly underrated. So hopefully he gets a nice like little baby face uh, underdog match where he you know, gets a little bit. He looks, he looks somewhat good against the monster. Yes. Uh, Lars Sullivan. Uh, we, between this and the, and the main event, we had one little kind of highlight and backstage segment. Last week, we had Ricochet and, and uh, Pete Dunne tag teaming. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, after the loss, Pete Dunne tried to blame it on Ricochet, mm-hmm. and they had a backstage segment where they were just going at each other. We now can confirm Ricochet and Pete Dunne in two weeks are going to have a match, and it's going to be title for title. Both titles are How? on the line. What the hell? I have my my head explode when they said this on on my the show today head yesterday. Explode too. What? <sighs> okay, sh- put all the titles on Ricochet or Pete Dunne. I don't care. Those two guys are amazing. They're gonna tear the freaking house down. I just hope they give them a good twenty thirty minutes to uh, to really put on a good match. Maybe it's a precursor to getting into something that's gonna go on at a pay per view. But wait, but how do you, there's this has to be a muddled finish. It has to be. Has to be. You, you, yes. There's got to be a goof finish. There's on no this. way they're putting both those titles on, on one, one of, of these guys. guys. No, no, that would make no sense. That make no sense. Um, I can't imagine them taking the North American title off of Ricochet this quickly. I can't imagine them giving him the UK title with the whole UK division just starting now. Yeah. So this got to be a muddled finish. Someone's going to get involved. I think this I, is a feud that goes all the way to Survivor Series. Honestly, they, I, they no, could run it. Mm-mm. I think this ends in two weeks when Alistair Black comes back and is the person who kills both of them at the end of this match. That's a mic drop right there, ladies Boom. and gentlemen. You heard it. Hey, speaking of closing out, main event tonight or last night on NXT was Johnny Gargano facing off against Velveteen Dream. Dream called him out saying, you're now Johnny Loser. Johnny, Johnny Failure. failure. Johnny uh, Failure. You're, you're not Johnny Wrestling anymore. So. Had the shirt. Johnny Failure. <laughs> it was awesome. He put like masking tape or something. <laughs> Fantastic. What a great match. I mean, oh, pay-per-view quality and they let match. Them go too. Absolutely, they did. Yeah, and and they, I mean, this was some scary spots. Um, monster match, well worth a look. Johnny keeps fighting his dark side. Doesn't want to give in. Doesn't want to become the Champa. Um, Champa, by the way, had a great promo this week, and it's starting to feel like Champa is like he's he's trying to. He's saying how there are people who are now starting to follow him, who are starting to like come to his side of things. It's almost like they're they're really working slowly at shifting the dynamics. Where Champ is going to get like all the heel loving crowd behind him, yep. and Johnny's just going to be a more and more of a loser and just a mess, and people are going to turn on him. Well, the little pieces it. of paper that there are usually in the audience for with Johnny's smiley face on him, winky smiley face, whatever. Are there were some new ones I saw this week on NXT that were solid black with the, kind of the venomous uh, logo circle smiley face, whatever yep. on it, huh? Well, and the audience was giving him some business. 
uh, on his way well, yeah, out. They love Velveteen Dream, though. That's the thing. That's why it was sale. brilliant to put him against Velveteen because Velveteen is so over that it's you know this is good dynamics. This is smart dynamics. To if you're if you want Johnny to get booed, put him against Velveteen Dream and have him look like a loser. Boom. And you're going to get that reaction. It's working. They continue to just amaze me over at NXT with what they're doing. Yeah, it's, I, it's fantastic. I, I man, I cannot wait to see. I would love to be ten years in the future and just be like, hey, what happened to Velveteen Dream? You know, I would. I, I this guy. Good God, he's going to be enormous. Um. All right. So end of the NXT segment. Who beat up Alistair Black? Undisputed Era. Okay, that's you're official. You're officially saying undisputed era. Everything else has been ruled out at this point. That's all I can think. Okay, it's 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 going to end up being some random thing that I never would have thought of. But I'm going to go with the obvious one. I think it's undisputed area. They've got the reputation for it. I think Adam Cole is interested now that he's lost the North American title. And this is why I'm saying this. I think he's going to have an NXT championship run pretty soon if he doesn't get called up, but I think the undisputed era is so hot. They're going to keep them down there for right now. I think they're going to, I think they want to put the NXT strap on Adam Cole. And I think that that is his motivation to take out Aleister black. Okay. All That's right. My so we'll, we'll, we are going to lock you in on undisputed era. Here. Yes. <clears throat> and here comes my hot take. Johnny Gargano. Okay. Johnny Gargano. That was a moment that he let his dark side take over again. He beat down Aleister black because he wanted Champa one-on-one. And if you've ever read any mystery novel ever, they eliminate the person who did it first. They make you think. Because remember, he never said he didn't do it. He just said, look into my eyes to Regal, right? He never said he didn't do it. And that you always eliminate the, the person who did it first to, oh, yeah, okay, it was not him. We've already, then you start thinking about all the other possibilities. I'm going all in. Johnny Wrestling beat Dan Alistair Black. There you have it, folks. I got, I got Adam Cole and Undisputed. You got. Johnny Wrestling. Yes, sir. Well, let's head over and talk about 205 Live real quick before we get to All In. Uh, uh, Grand Metalik had a match against Tony Nese. Yeah, this is ongoing. The Lucha yep. House Party against the Juggernaut and Tony Nese. Great. Another great match. Fine. We're getting uh, Grand Metalik. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he's getting some airtime because he's so good. He's, this is he, the match I was waiting for, though. Grand Metalik versus Buddy Murphy next week. Yeah, that's going to be hot. Ooh. That's going to be hot next Ooh. week. Um, Mustafa Ali came back. So, by the way, they did explain the whole Drake Maverick thing on 205 Live. Okay. Uh, Ali came back and said, I, you know, I want my match against Atami. Uh, Drake said, yeah, all right, you'll get it when you get it. Uh, and Ali said, by the way, uh, nice to see you on Monday Night Raw. What are, you, what are you doing over there? And Drake said, what I do on Monday nights is none of your concern. So <laughs> there is your explanation. So, Okay, fine. Uh, Mustafa Ali going for uh, Atami again. Cannot wait for that. Uh, we had Noam Dar beating down Brian Kelly with Leo Rush ringside. Looks like we're going to get a match between Noam Dar and Leo Rush. I'm in. Yep. Can't wait to see that. Um, that's a feud I'm down with. And then finally, we had the main event, Cedric Alexander defending his title against, uh, surprisingly, against TJP, who wanted to get back in the main event picture. Uh, got beaten clean by Alexander, who then got beaten down by uh, Jack Gallagher, Andrew Gulak. Gulak still after that title, still trying to get Cedric to give him his uh, rematch. Uh, Gulak's earned it. He he needs it right. I but think, I think that there's still some Ali and Buddy Murphy leftover stuff that needs to go through again before we get to Gulak. I think Gulak's taking it. 
If if not, I mean the next the defense he's gonna he's gonna get it. I think. Soon, sooner yeah. before hell or so, hell yeah. or so. And this is actually what I want to talk about. Well, or something else is gonna happen, and that is some of the speculation that's going on right now between some of the things Triple H has said and the fact that Drew Gulak and Drake Maverick are both on Raw this week, and that is people are suspecting they might be actually dissolving two hundred five live, uh, making part of it like kind of another NXT division. Um, and then taking certain pieces from it and moving it on to Raw and or SmackDown. So they might be kind of starting to dismantle it as we, That's not as we what go I right heard. now. I heard it was going to be fully absorbed by NXT. Yes. And that the the only people... So they were it's all one thing, and they're potentially taking NXT to a two-hour show. Right. But the only people that could... They were still going to have the belt for correct. the Cruiserweights, and the only people that could do it were People the who were 205 and under, correct. Correct. You had to I weigh in to go for the belt. I didn't know that there was all these moving parts that were going to different places. It was, it's going to be the only belt that has a caveat, which is I love. I love the fact that you know you have to weigh under a certain amount. Like People who are 210 can drop weight and go for the cruiserweight belt if you're in NXT. Awesome. That's That leads to so many good like Like Buddy Murphy having to, to drop weight to be in the cruiserweight division. Like 204.8. I love know? that <laughs> angle. And like he, did, he had the one match where he couldn't compete in Saudi Arabia because yeah. he, he weighed in too high or whatever the, the reason was. It was that, great. That's a great reason. Yeah. Not, you know, I know it's passport issues. Whatever. It's still it's a cool reason. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. But I, I have a feeling like they're going to take some pieces out of 205 Live before they absorb it into NXT. Like they're going to take some of the, the bigger performers. I, you know, Vince... I think likes Drake, or excuse me, Drew Gulak a lot, uh, given how much stuff he was given back when Vince was running 205 Live. You mean Drew had a lot of stuff to do, mm-hmm. so and he's a great man on the mic, totally with a great character. So I could see him going to Raw, but uh, yeah, Nick, that's it for 205 Live. Which you know what that you know what that means. It's time for yeah. Do you want to do the May Young Classic first before we uh, get into all no, in and get I, sold in? You, I want to you just want to right. go all in. I want to go all in all right, right now. All right, all right. I just want time. to be sure. It is time. Well, I have to be full disclosure. I have not found time this week to watch oh, this yet. So, so you are going to be you. driving the ship for the most part I'm of this. So disappointed. I'm in you. willing to entertain spoilers and all of that stuff. It is absolutely on my calendar to go watch, uh, but it's just I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, it's it's about to get spoiled, dude. I'm I'm gonna spoil the crap out of you right now. I'm sorry. Okay. But uh, that being said, it's this show was fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite shows of the year so far, uh, and I have I have no problem openly saying that this was incredibly entertaining from start to finish. I'm very sad I did not get to watch the pre-show because it was exclusively on WGN. Okay. Um, you know, it was an hour pre-show. It was two matches. It was uh um uh, SoCal uh, uh uncensored. Versus the Briscoes, uh, SoCal Uncensored won. Cool. They also had the over-budget Battle Royale, which from what I've heard was one of the best Battle Royales in recent memory. Tons of fun. Uh, and in that, you had you know a ton of people involved in it. Uh, everyone from Moose, Rocky Romero, Bully Ray, Billy Gunn, Tommy Dreamer, Colt Cabana, Brian Cage, uh, Marco Stunt apparently eliminated Moose. And it was like had it to okay. a huge pop. Um, and Jordan Grace was also part of the only female competitor in this match, by the way. And she had a star making moment where close to the end of the match, she power bombed Brian Cage. He, she got him up on the turnbuckle and picked him up and power bombed him. If you haven't seen Brian Cage, he is a giant walking muscle. Dude is six foot tall. And he's, the reason he's called the Swolverine is because he's just jacked. He's huge. 
And Jordan Grace is a powerful woman herself. Picked his ass up, slammed him down, Damn. and then hucked him over the side of the uh, of the ring, eliminating him to an enormous pop. She was one of the final four. Um, if you've been following, so this now we're going to get into some um, pure indie stuff here. If you guys follow Being the Elite, which is on YouTube, and it's a ton of fun, I recommend following it. It's it's kind of like a travelogue with following the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all those guys. But it's also they do skits and they tell you the storyline that's going on with them as well. They have little storylines going on. There's a lot of those storylines that came to a head at All In. One of those ongoing storylines has been that Flip Gordon, uh, who's a fantastic wrestler, Cody did not want to book him at All In. There's been a, like to the point where Flip had to go challenge uh, the NWA champ Nick Aldis to try and take his belt because they booked the belt to be defended at all in. Right. So Flip tried to take the belt off of Nick Aldis, right? Just so that he could get in. Just so he could get in. But he couldn't. Right. Um, meanwhile, on the other side of things, uh, Chico the Luchador, who's an ongoing character on Being the Elite, he came up to uh, Cody at, with the last episode of Being the Elite and said, hey, man, uh, can you can you please book my family as well? Like, it'd be a huge favor to me. And Cody's like, oh, my God. Okay, fine. You book, my, book your family. One of the members of the over-budget Battle Royale, the last person announced, was El Hijo de Chico, right? Chico's son. End of the match, Bully Ray eliminates everybody. Uh, uh, let's see. He eliminated uh, Grace, uh, Jordan, Grace Jordan Grace and Colt Cabana last. Boom, boom. Um, and, out of, and he starts celebrating. Bully Ray celebrates. It, it made sense because Bully Ray, he's the biggest heel. He's the monster heel in Ring of Honor right now, right? Yeah. And whoever wins the Battle Royale goes on to face the champion, Jay Lethal, in the main card. Well, so it made sense to have Bully Ray win, except all of a sudden, El Hijo de Chico sneaks under the ropes, tosses Buddy out, pulls off his mask, and reveals himself to be Flip Gordon. <laughs> Flip got booked the last second. Huge pop. Huge pop. Crowd goes wild. Tons of fun. So that was the that was the pre-show that almost none of us saw unless you watched WGN. Here's the thing. Enough people did watch it. 200,000 people watched that show on WGN. 200,000 people. That's incredible. That's huge numbers for a pre-show. So, and um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I can pull them up really quickly, but overall, this show made big numbers. I'll get into that later. Okay. Uh, main card, I'll run it down real quick. Uh, Matt Cross, also known as Son of Havoc and Lucha Underground, yep. if you watch that. He had a match against a really good up-and-coming heel, indie heel, MJF. Um, I, uh, he ended up winning with the Shooting Star Press, but the big thing afterwards was this match was not promoted. Should it have been on the show at all? Should it have been on the pre-show? Um, we'll get into the speculation about that later and why. Uh, Christopher Daniels, the third member of SoCal Uncensored, had a match against uh, Green Arrow's Arrow, for, uh, the TV show. Stephen, Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell. Yeah. Who, by the way... I got to say, after watching this match, like, you know, he did the stuff with Stardust back in uh, WWE. Sure. He was fine. He's obviously been training. You know, uh, uh, Daniels definitely carried a lot of this match and was spoon feeding him a lot. Amel did some work. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the being, uh, being the elite stuff with, uh, with Cody shows him and Amel working out and training and stuff like that. So uh, he's definitely been working. So I, I'm not surprised that Amel put on a good match. He and not only a good match, he had two monstrous spots. He did a coast to coast, which which by the way is impressed. I don't care who you are, yeah. that's impressive. Uh, that's a, that's a stunt that RVD used to be able to do, and people were like, no one else can do that. And now all of a sudden, Xavier, Shane McMahon, yeah, and yeah. and Stephen Amel. Stephen Amel. 
Uh, and then he also took a huge bump outside. Christopher Daniels lying on a table outside the ring. Amel goes to the top uh, turnbuckle, goes outside through the table. Massive elbow drop. Misses, though. Daniels gets out of the way in time. Daniels ends up winning the match. But props to Stephen Amel, probably the only major celebrity who has transitioned to wrestling and in a respectable way. Really got to give it to him. Nice. Uh, we had the women's match, which was a four-way. Tessa Blanchard versus Madison Rain, Chelsea Green, and Dr. Britt Baker, MD. Fantastic hard-hitting match this would uh, this would have been uh I, I think the main event of like evolution if it had been on evolution it was that good damn a uh, bit of a botched finish we'll never know what was really supposed to happen but tessa blanchard did pick up the win not surprisingly probably the probably the biggest female star outside of wwe at this point yep. arguably uh but that was a fantastic and her match. And tony but i guess tony's been signed so yeah i see your point yep yep um and then we had this is bizarre middle of the card Cody versus Nick Aldis. What? For the NW Championship. Middle of the card. Why is it in the middle of the card? I was, it was so bizarre to me. I have no idea. I don't know if it had to do with timing, with Cody having to run the show. I don't know. I don't know why they put it here. I really don't. And if someone knows better than, uh, than I do, then please tell me. But um, overall, I thought that, that they made this feel like an old school match. You had like the Goldberg camera angles from the, like the, both of the guys being walked out of, from the back with their trainers. Uh, Pharaoh the dog walked to the ring with Cody to a nice. huge ovation. Um, yeah, D- DDP came out with him. Uh, you had Tim Storm with uh, Nick Aldis. Randy Rhodes Glacier. basically and, came out naked. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you had Glacier come out with with Nick Aldis. It was crazy. Um, surprised Mickey James didn't come out with him. Anyway, but um, but yeah, really, really big fight feel. This match felt better than it was. It was kind of a, to be honest, kind of a sloppy match. Uh, Cody took like. 10 minutes to give him to, to give himself a, a razor cut over on the side of the ring. DDP actually had to come out and cover for him and uh, uh, give oh, what the heck's his name. Um, I'm, anyway, DDP gave up huge diamond cutter in the middle of the ring uh, to one of Nick Aldis's boys ends up Nick Aldis does an elbow drop on Brandy Rhodes. He gets, you know, discombobulated. Cody ends up picking up the win. Crimson mask grabs the, the belt that his dad once held it was a big emotional moment. Cody is now your NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Wow. And that's a big deal because, as yeah, they mentioned on this show, that's a whole other promotion that has its own schedule, and you've got to do your things. You've got to do your work for that promotion. You have to defend it for NWA. Nick Aldis was going all over the place defending that title in you know 200-person arenas, 20-person arenas uh over in england all over i don't know how cody's going to keep up that schedule still do ring of honor still maybe be in new japan i don't know what they're going to do but billy corgan's obviously taking a big risk on him here but it also i think really elevates this belt not that nick aldis didn't elevate it but speaking of nostalgia too you got to throw it back to dusty Rhodes. you got there's a whole line of things going on there that it makes that special to me uh the fact that he won this so i i yeah i we'll see what he does with the schedule but i i'm not I'm not losing any sleep over the fact that he's got it. No, I'm not either. I think it's a, I think it's fantastic, and it does really finish off the storyline right. The way they built it on 10 Pounds of Gold, which is the NWA YouTube series, which is also fantastic, and I recommend. And thank you, Jared. It was Daivari who took the the um, diamond cutter. Um, so, no, I'm very curious to see where they go with this from now, and I think it's a great idea for NWA to have put it on Cody. It really does elevate the belt. NWA is doing a slow build, and I think this is the right way to go. Um, also hangman page and Joey Janela almost stole the show in a street fight. Absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. Bananas spots in this. 
Um, I'm running long, so I'm not going to get too crazy. Just say that it was finished with a rite of passage, which is, if you haven't seen it, it's a reverse tombstone pile driver with Joey on his back instead of his front off of a ladder onto a table. Uh, absolutely insane spot. Hangman picks up the win, but then... So if you've been watching Being the Elite, you know that Hangman's been accused of killing Joey Ryan. Yes. An indie darling and a porn star. Yes. Uh, and man with, a, man with a dick that can he, flip you. He likes lollipops and baby oil. And, and flipping people with his penis. Yes. Uh, so Hangman lost his mind and killed him with a phone. <laughs> um, only we find out as this match ends, uh, a clip starts playing up on the Tron Hangman looks up and you see uh, back in the scene where Joey's dead bodies in the bed pans down and his penis starts moving. Joey's still alive. And sure enough, who should appear on stage? But Joey Ryan flanked by an army of inflatable penis men. I am not making this up. If you have not watched all in, this was the spectacle that I, I, I knew somewhere. Cornette was absolutely the blood pressure was right. through the roof on yeah. It was he was he was taking a spoon and gouging his eyes out. There was there wow. was and literally like the there were penis druids. They were they they druids druids. They they accompanied Joey to the ring. They were all very serious. It was like you know he was a a, a sorcerer and they were his druids. And he came out and Hangman didn't know what to do. Joey dick flips Hangman, tosses him to the druids. They all carry him screaming backstage. I wrestling people wrestling. Could, could you say it was a res? erection it was the res erection of joey ryan <laughs> i was laughing very hard all right enough Ow! enough of that uh jay lethal defended his championship against flip gordon great match but jay lethal's been having problems recently he keeps becoming macho man the uh, he keeps becoming black machismo which is his uh his old gimmick uh oh yeah that, that, thank you for reminding me dj, uh, DJ butters hangman page uh there was a there was a rest in penis as he was being carried away oh no brilliant audience brilliant all in audience so jay lethal as i said he was flashing back to his black machismo gimmick he does the best randy matt macho man impression uh there is he came out as macho man randy savage with lenny poffo with lenny poffo randy's brother um and just kind of went in and out of the character through the match this was a very fun callback match you had a whole bunch of nostalgia moments where flip gordon would act like uh, ultimate warrior uh you had a callbacks to a lot of classic matches it was a lot of fun just go watch it i can't really in this limited amount of time describe it perfectly but it was a lot of fun jay lethal does pick up the win here flip gordon looks really strong in defeat great match and then we get to the main events the three main events kenny omega versus penta el zero m pentagon jr pentagon dark whatever you want to call him this was a brutal hard-hitting match as you'd expect uh really good lots of finishers kicked out of though Hmm. They kicked out a lot of finishers in this. Uh, Kenny Omega does pick up the win after absolutely just beating the crap out of Pentagon. Um, but then the lights go out. The lights went out after this match. Oh, and uh, when the lights came back up, Kenny Omega's kind of looking around going, what the heck happened? Pentagon sits up, beats the crap out of Kenny Omega, gives him a code breaker. Uh, who could that be? And takes off his mask and reveals himself to be Chris Jericho who just so happens to have a match with Kenny Omega on the Jericho cruise. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, well, this is interesting for a number of reasons. Jericho had said he's never going to wrestle on American soil. Well, Oops. he just showed up at all in. Yep. So 
I'm curious to see what uh, the reaction will be to that because this whole thing was, I'm not going to say it's a middle finger to Vince McMahon, but it's definitely, they're, they're waving at him. And I mean, even in the battle royale at the beginning, you know what I mean? There was a, eh, there was a little bit of like, hey, Vince, how you doing uh, going on there? Yep. So, um, but then I'm sure Vince watched it and, you know, saw it and probably enjoyed it. I, I think he's he was, laughing as he cashed his billion dollar checks, you know, for two different promotions. Um, yeah, exactly. He was probably sitting there like he's interested in it because a lot of people that he helped um, are, are there, you know. So anyway, um, yeah, Jimmy Jacobs at the beginning, uh, he did a five knuckle shuffle and you can't see me on Billy Gunn. Then he said, hi, Hunter, into the mark, into the mic. So there you go. All right. Kazuchika Okada defeated Marty Skrull. This is an ongoing thing where Marty said, you know, he's a junior heavyweight in Japan. And he says, yeah. I can fight heavyweight. I want Okada. This was a, about a 22-minute match. Apparently, it was supposed to go less than that, and it went over. I don't think it should have gone any less. This was my, this was my match of the night. It was fantastic storytelling. Uh, it was awesome. It made Marty look amazing. It made Okada look great. I loved how Okada was playing like he didn't give a crap until halfway through the match when Marty made him give a crap, and then he beat Marty. I know this is the one I was, I'm looking forward to the most. You should. When I do get to watch when it. When you get to watch it, this is the match to watch. Yeah. Best best match of the night. I, it was so it was fantastically done. Just go watch it. Yep. But the thing is that everything ran long, and it meant the main event only had about mm, eight ten minutes. And the main event was the Young Bucks with Kota Ibushi versus Bandito Phoenix and freaking Rey Mysterio, and they barely got this match off. They were calling like, "Hey guys, we might have to go home really quickly." That you could hear them saying that three minutes into this match, and they just basically went, "Let's get as many spots in as we can in the time that we have," and it was just a spot fest. For 10 minutes wow and then, I bet that was a lot of fun though it was i mean except that you know uh i think how many I, signature finishers can i forget you get if it was matt or nick yeah no matt or nick took like eight finishers in a row and kicked out which <laughs> is like oh come on please uh of course young bucks end up going over on their own show as you would expect uh and then we had a wonderful little uh talk they, they went to the pay-per-view went to black it was literally like the announcers were like hey thanks everyone for joining us okay we're right on but out all right, so let's talk about the fallout of the show. It was a huge, huge, huge success. Okay. Uh, on every metric, uh, it, apparently their live gate was like $500,000. They sold out every bit of merchandise. Fight TV grossed more than a million dollars. StarCast sold 11,000 tickets for, the, for, the, for that. Um, Pro Wrestling Tees did under $500,000 of t-shirt sales. High spots at as big as merchandise say ever. Um, so huge, huge success. How does this affect the landscape of professional wrestling? They're already talking about an all-in too. Is this something that could just happen over and over again, or is this just because it's Cody and the Young Bucks? Here's what I will say. Um, the important thing about marketing and business is striking when the iron's hot. Right now, they're coming off the back of this pretty damn successful. Hugely successful. Hugely successful. And I would not be surprised. It's not like we need another one. But I would not be surprised if somebody went out and started another full-on promotion that had its own pay-per-views and its own schedule and its own thing that was based in the United States. Here's, here's actually to, to take another twist on that. Starting a promotion is really difficult, and it's a whole other kettle of fish. Ask Billy Corgan. I understand. Okay. This felt like a bunch of promotions working together. Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, NWA, they all did something that has not happened since NWA was the governing body for a lot of wrestling, for like the, the yeah, territories back since in the, the day. territories in the 80s, yeah. Bunch of different companies saying, you know what? Cool. Use our guy. 
use this. Let's take storylines from all these different sources and have them work at the same time on this show. And have the outcomes matter. Right. In our individual promotions. It's good for everybody. That's the thing that's interesting is these promotions are working together. And it's something that you've never seen. WWE doesn't work with other promotions. They buy them. Yeah. These guys all said, yeah, use our dudes. Cool. Just make sure you mention us. We had announcers from Ring of Honor. We had announcers from one of the old NWA announcers. We had a, you know, we had an announcer from PWG. Excalibur was one of the co-announcers for the whole thing. Rick Abani from from Ring of Honor was the was the uh, um, play-by-play for the whole thing. Wow! And they were fantastic, by the way, really good. And Don Callis from New Japan and Impact was sometimes the third guy. So everyone's working together. It was almost like an all-star game. It was like that, you know. But it's, I think it's going to put in people's minds that we can work together and make a ton of money and promote our own project, products. And put on a good show. And we're never going to be on the level of WWE. They just, they, at this point, they have too much money. They're, we're never going to beat them. But we can do big, big, big business by working together. And I think that's the, real, that's the takeaway that everyone should be taking away. Yeah. Uh, it, to me... I I don't know that they'll start stealing fans. I know there are a lot of people like ourselves that enjoy the indies and WWE uh, and other promotions and like that. I I don't know anybody off the top of my hand that I'm familiar with that only watches WWE and like says screw everything else. I I know that there's interest I, there outside of the WWE. So when I say striking while the iron's hot, I like the idea of either combining or merging or doing something collaboratively on a regular recurring basis, not just once a year. Yeah. If they if they strike while the iron's hot, they can schedule an entire year of events like this once a quarter, once every other month. But Hell, then there's you know? the, there's the law of diminishing returns at sure, that point. And sure. it's it's you can only do it as much as you can, you're going to get you know, if you can do ten thousand people in an arena once a year, great. I don't. Can you do it when twice are you a year? Do eighty thousand at Madison, you know, something well, Cody, like that. Cody already said, "Can I do twenty thousand? Yeah, can I take it to a, a stadium? You know what I mean? Um, can we make it bigger, or should we do it again or more often? Like, what's the next step? Come to Staples what, Center here in L.A. You yeah, know? This is all in. What's double or nothing? Right. So it's this is the that's the next step. Is what? How? Where do they take this next? They committed after the show, and they had a. Uh, a I posted it in the Facebook discussion group. They had a whole uh, promo, a series of promos at the end of the show. And one of the things that Cody said is, this group right here, the elite, we are sticking together, no matter what that is. And they have not ruled out WWE. If they go to WWE, they're all going together. And that's, which is smart, because then they work as a political faction in the WWE. Mm. Um, If they don't, if they stay independent, they're staying together and they're working together and combining their drawing power. Also smart. Um, but how much, how many times can they do this? Does anyone else learn from this? Can anyone else, anyone else pull this off or is it just them? And I do know people that only watch WWE because of the ease of watching it. It's easy to find WWE. It's consistent. It's out every week. You know what you're going to get people who don't have a ton of time to go see. I I had a hell of a time getting this pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like me too. Ring of honor was, was giving me trouble. Uh, so I couldn't watch it there. Uh, I wanted to watch it on Fight TV. Apparently, they had streaming issues. I ended up buying it on my PlayStation and watching it on one of their... They had it as a um, a live event. And I just watched it on there and it was clear as a bell. It was great. But I still had trouble. And a lot of people aren't going to go through that trouble because they don't have the investment. And we talked about... This is a little behind the scenes thing for our show. You and I talked about doing all in and and and, and going, running it down as this whole separate show. Like right. We're spending a lot of time on it right now because it's a big deal. It's a a massive shift 
in in the cultural landscape of professional wrestling. It's yep. a big. It's hard to understate that. Um, we talked about doing a whole separate show, but we th- we're like, there's not. Is there the interest in our audience base to do that, or are most people mostly interested in WWE? And the independent stuff is cool, but they might not all have watched it or be as interested. They're not invested. Invest, not as invested in it. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I think that that's still, I don't know that the audience necessarily crosses over. I think people are aware of WWE on the indie circuit and vice versa, but they might not have time to watch it all. That's the key. You know, it's, like you get into 10 to 15 hours of content a week. Because what are we talking about early in the show? You were saying you didn't have time to watch all in. You know what I mean? I didn't have time to watch 205 Live this week. We had to run it down. You know what I mean? I chose like, to continue to have a girlfriend. I, guess. <laughs> I chose to continue rather than to have watch a, plus one wrestling. I thing chose to continue week. to have two jobs, two bands, <laughs> and a girlfriend. So right. it's yeah, exactly. Um, at any rate, so the, the bottom line, wrapping this up. Uh, if you did watch it, it was a great show. If you haven't watched it, it is available on New Japan World now. Uh, all you have to do is subscribe, which is nine bucks, eight, uh, eight, eight, nine, eight, eight fifty or whatever it yeah. is. So, yeah, you know, go check it out. It is well worth the watch. It is a very historical moment, so it's worth it's worth the watch. Uh, you will have to see some druid, uh, some dick druids. I do apologize for that. But um, <laughs> when you say druids, are you like talking about shapeshifters? Is that what you mean? by druids? came out like in, in single file and very serious and it was very mystical. And OK, just go check it out. You'll see right, I mean. I'll also. But uh, at any rate, yeah. So I, I'm very curious to see what happens next. I think it's a, a major um major shift and it was a big deal and congratulations to cody the young bucks kenny omega everyone involved for pulling it off yeah no shit. because dear god what an accomplishment what an achievement for first time bookers and for it to go as smoothly as it did with only a couple of noticeable hiccups outstanding and especially as integrated as it was with all of the different shows mm-hmm. uh, there's there's always anytime you start crossing over like that there's always room for for errors and it's mix-ups crazy and- it's crazy they got everyone to work t- together so well yeah crazy all right, well, we can't get out of here without doing a couple of things real quick. We have to talk about the first four matches of the Mae Young Classic that aired on Wednesday night. Fantastic. Uh, first up, Zatara faced off against one of the favorites, uh, Tegan Knox, who was supposed to be in the Mae Young Classic last year but had yes. an ACL rupture. Correct. Uh, she is back and on form. That girl Look looks good. like she is. She could run the, the whole show. Yes, yeah, got star potential, yep. great look, great uh really crisp in the ring. I actually want to sh- uh, throw some love to Zatara. Yes. Like, you know, no one's really talking about her, but she was fantastic too. Yep. Played her part very well. I liked, I, I, I thought her fundamentals were fantastic. Like she just, they, they worked really well together. Uh, and this was a really great match. Um, Knox definitely has more hype, but I, I really want to keep my eye on Zatara. She's a Chilean. Actually the first, uh, Chilean. first female from South America, I think uh, from, like from Chile, from Chile. Yeah. Uh, was it Peru? Chile, I'm pretty sure. Chile, yeah. Um, at any rate, next match was Rhea Ripley uh, coming back from last year versus MJ Jenkins, who's who's debuting this year. Well, let's be clear. The Rhea Ripley from last year is not the Rhea Ripley of this year. She has been out. She's looking real jacked, baby. She's looking jacked. I uh, actually think, you know, and this is, <clears throat> I might get in some um, Meltzer-like trouble for this. Brace yourselves. I think Rhea Ripley's in the middle of a physical transformation. Okay. I don't think her body has settled into what she wants it to be yet. I think that she is currently bulking in the middle of like, whether it's carb loading or whatever it is, she's bulked, but she's not defined. She's big, but she hasn't gotten ripped yet. Yeah. And not all of her weight is uh, muscle weight right now. I'll put it that way. 
So, which is not a bad thing. She looks fantastic. Um, she looks like a monster. Last last year, she's you know she's fresh off of being a I think she was a pro f- uh, football soccer by the way player. Um, so she was very willowy. You know, she's running a lot. Yeah. Well, now she's not running. She's pumping weights and eating some steaks. And her move sets changed. Now she's doing a whole bunch of you know brawling monster moves, hard hitting moves, pump handle, power bomb finisher. It's a finisher. Woo! Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> five five eight. Uh, what do they say? She was a buck fifty. Uh, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, my God. Uh, Rhea, Rhea Ripley is my pick to win the whole thing. And no, I have not cheated. I have not looked. I don't know anything about yeah. any of the matches. I've intentionally not looked at anything. She, since she was announced as coming back, and I do follow her and have seen her progression. She, as soon as I found out she was coming back, yes, I'm picking her over Tony Storm, um, which is which is a stretch for, for me. Wow, she must have impressed you then. She's she looks fantastic. I think she's great in the ring. She's got the charisma and the pa- and she's got a heavy Little package. She's got uh, the everything. Entrance music is sick. Yes. Uh, uh, just screamo. I love it. Yes. Um, and I do know who wins the whole thing. And uh, I will say this: I'm not no spoilers given. WWE very high on Rhea Ripley. The, uh, she is going to big places. And I'm not saying where. She's 21. It's going to surprise you. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So she, uh, fantastic. Uh, she might be the. I'm speculating she might be the reason Jazzy Gabbert wasn't brought back because they they would be too similar. Yeah. You know what I mean. Good. Good point. Um, MJ Jenkins though high marks fantastic looked great she's doing some springboard cross body stuff she went out in the first round because another girl who had a fantastic look a great personality just unlike a lot of female wrestlers I've ever seen like a really hybrid act yeah I liked her a lot so I I hope like last year we had Tessa Blanchard and Tony Storm in the first round it's like oh really one of those guys (laughs) have to go down (laughs) that's it's a good sign I was really impressed by the uh, by the by the work so far yep uh, as compared to last year where I could see some holes and I'm like, all right, she's not that great. Yeah. This year, everyone was just outstanding. Next up, we had another one that was a little bit, it was kind of a mismatch again. It was Lacey Lane, who's got a lot of a lot of uh, excitement behind her, facing off against she, Vanessa Craven. Woo! Speaking of monsters. Yeah, she, she not messing around. No, and Vanessa did kind of lead Lacey a little bit through this. Lacey's obviously not, she's a little bit green still. Or that might just be her eyes, but uh, she's a little bit green. She looks kind of like a uh, alternate costume version of Ember Moon yeah. uh, to me. I could see them becoming a tag team and, and having a really good look. Um, the similar, Dark Sisters or something. Similar, oh, come on, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um, I, but I could see a very similar moveset also to Ember Moon. Lots of like some rope work and uh, fast paced and high impact. Uh, and she was doing the underdog thing with Vanessa Craven, kind of the, you know, David versus Goliath is how they built it. Um, Craven ends up losing here. Lacey Lane ends up winning in her hometown. Did not expect this. Um, I think they're really high on Lacey Lane. I do too. I, especially because she was trained at uh, Devon Dudley's camp. I mean, I, I think she's coming in with some recommendations. And she's got the look. If you've wa- if you watched the uh, Bracketology special, they had an interview with her on there. She's incredibly well-spoken. Uh, knows her character. There's one thing I felt like in the interviews before this match, Craven is supposed to be this monster, but she comes to cry. I'm so I'll beat you down. And I like slapping people a lot. It didn't come across. I didn't get her character. Yeah. Lacey I'm Lane. I'm going to and cool you. Yeah. That's Lacey what Lane. I got be. her character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I felt like she was, she was centered in her character. Yeah. So at any rate, yes, Craven, Craven went out. I would, let, would like to see more of her because her in-ring work was fantastic, but uh, Lacey Lane moves on. Finally, we have to talk about this. Killer Kelly was the first victim 
of the final boss of Japan, Mako Satomura. <laughs> My we God. knew this was going to happen. My there, there was God. No way. So if you have not seen a Mako Satomura match before, she will absolutely kick the crap out of you. And she did that to Killer Kelly here, who, by the way, Killer Kelly, mad. I, I think that it says a lot about her, and I think she's gonna. She's in the NXT UK division right yes. now as well. Yes, she's gonna go a long way in that because she is fantastic. And the reason, one of the reasons they put her with Mako, was because she could sell Mako's moves. She could work that style, and she could keep up with her. Yep. And you know, it was a big honor for her because after the match, she broke down in tears oh, of totally. gratitude. That's the one thing Beautiful I was going to call out was the 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 level of the sportsmanship and the honorable bowing and all of that stuff to, that she was doing. You know, in, in Japanese, it, the, you're supposed to bow lower. There's there's rules yes. around the bowing and yes. all of that. And you could just see that she was all but just as she was bowing as low as, as she low could as just she to honor Mako. Could. Absolutely. Uh, and even after the match, after it was all over, you could see Killer Kelly just kind of lose it. Just at the I can't gravity believe I was of just recognizing who yeah. you just wrestled. And yep. that was a pretty special moment. It could, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of went, well, it, it helps that Mako whoa. comports herself with just such intensity. You know what I mean? Smiling like this villain the whole time during so, the match. Yeah, so awesome. we were we were talking about the difference between like her and we were comparing her to other like monster figures, especially from Japanese wrestling. One of the things people she gets compared to a lot is Minoru Suzuki, yeah. uh, who, as everyone knows, is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. Uh, who, who, by the way, she's tag teamed with. We we were talking a while back about that one match that uh, that they had where. Uh, Suzuki beat the crap out of Asuka. Asuka. Yeah. And it was really uncomfortable how much he beat the crap out of her, even though she booked it and she asked him to. (laughs) His tag team partner in that was Mako Satomura. Uh, So so there you go. Uh, Anyway, but yeah, she she Killer Kelly got some offense in. Uh, Mako let her like she put her over a little bit. That's a great way to put it. She let her get some. She let her get some (laughs) offense in. She let her make her look like she was she was putting up a fight. I was I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a squash. So props to this, but again, Mako, unlike Minoru Suzuki, who has that wild, crazy look in his eyes, like, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to like doing it. Mako gets those dead shark eyes, and she has this kind of little smile, yeah, and just her eyes go black, kind of roll back in her head like they're talking about in Jaws, and she just goes for you. Oh boy. That's, I can't wait to see who else she kills in this. We are running very long. I'm very excited about the May Young Classic. It's kicked into gear uh, every Wednesday after NXT at 6 o'clock. Uh, Pacific time, from what I understand, uh, for the next four weeks, we're going to get the yep. first round. Uh, Can't ultimately wait. culminating at Evolution, right? Cannot freaking wait. It's fantastic so far. I think it will be uh, uh, amazing. I'm loving the commentary. Yep. Uh, Renee Young and uh, the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix, and Michael Cole is actually doing a good job, too. Of course he is, because Vincent is in his ear. Vince is in his ear. Couple of listener questions this week uh, from Tim Kane. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on Drake Maverick as AOP's manager? When will they name the Braun faction? Couple of quick questions there. Got I it. think we said how we felt about Drake Maverick. We really have no idea, I have no idea what the feel hell yet. is going on because they haven't explained yet. it to Confused. us yet. Confused. That's how we feel. Confused. Uh, are they going to name the Braun faction? I don't personally think so because the Braun thing is short. This is short lived until just to the get the Braunsters. Drew McIntyre out on his own. That's really when the, this all this is all going to end in the, the next the Braunsters among men. Oh, God. I don't I, I mean, come on. It, could it be worse than the boss and hug connection? Fair point. There's my one per show. Uh, Bebosh had a question. Uh, thoughts on the upcoming women's pay per view? I hope I laid that out as eloquently as possible <laughs> earlier, you, just I for think you. you Bebosh covered that one. Uh, Nick, not, not excited by the match card. Not all in. Me either. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think Are they that, promoting Super Show down more than Hell Nick in a had, Cell? Nick had 15 minutes on that earlier. <laughs> I think we covered that yeah. one. Um, I don't know. I think I think they are because there's more money in it. There's more money for them. That's a fair point. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's more money in Super Showdown for them. I mean, what they're, they're getting sell paid more, more for merch it. by for women's merch, women's like classic for T-shirts. Super, no, and for stuff. Super Showdown. Yeah, no, I mean, right. for, oh, I mean yeah, for more, more people involved. In comparison, right? Yeah. So no, I think they absolutely are promoting it more. There, there's a reason they started promoting it already. Usually, they would wait till after Hell in a Cell to start promoting their next stuff. No, they're starting now. They're promoting three shows at once. And they're definitely giving a lot of time to Super Showdown. Also because the COO is the main event. But you're damn right they're promoting. And the Undertaker's coming back. You're damn right they're promoting that. Oh, boy. Can Undertaker's hips survive a 16-hour flight to Australia? Uh, oh, that's right. Being on a plane's going to suck for him. I've been on some long flights, and it oh. sucks. And I'm I'm a young spry lad. You know, I, I don't... But you get to pass that eight-hour mark, and it's like... Oh God! And you look, you got another ten hours left. You start going insane. Well, I mean, even if they give him like the those like lie down seats in first class, he ain't going to fit in those. <laughs> yeah, he's lost like four inches from what he used to be, and he's still too big. All right, Ian. Thanks, guys, for the questions as always. If you want to get involved on those every single week, head over to Patreon.com/slash BWO. Sign up for the five dollar tier, get access to the show notes, and the ability to put in questions. Ian, I'm gonna give you two minutes to fire Done. through oh, the. the Last little beep, 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 beep a lightning round. Lightning of the news. round. All right, here because we go. Because we got a few things. Da, 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 da. Daniel Bryan has signed a new contract. WWE has yet to sign it. So basically, it's a done deal. It's just a formality at this point. He's back. He's back officially. He's staying with WWE. I love that we spent three months speculating on whether or not Daniel Bryan was going to come back to WWE. Of course he was staying with WWE. Well, then you, did, you don't know till you know. Uh, Hideo Itami was allowed to go have a match in Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan. What? Yep. He uh, versus versus uh, Marufuji. Actually, did he survive? Uh, it was insanely hard hitting. <laughs> we were. I called out Marufuji last week as being one of the hardest choppers right. on the planet. It was brutality. You can actually go watch it at, at Puro Reso Dream. P U R O R E S U Dream dot com. It's a fantastic match, uh, and I'm so glad that they let him go do that. Uh, as we said earlier, Mixed Match Challenge is back. It will be a round-robin style this uh, this time. Confirmed teams that we have so far. Miz and Asuka, again, awesome. Uh, Strowman, awesome. Strowman and Bliss are coming back. Team Big Little, I'm so happy they're back together. Rusev and Lana, naturally. Jimmy Uso and Naomi, as you'd expect. Finn Balor teams up with Bailey. They're not winning. Sasha Banks is teaming up with Bobby Lashley, because why not? Our truth versus Car- with Carmella, as we said. Alicia Fox and Jinder Mahal. Yeah, they're not winning either. Uh, AJ Styles and Charlotte. They might win. Uh, Kevin Owens and Natalia. They're not going to win. Uh, it will be on Facebook Watch. The finals will be had at TLC, actually. Notice that uh, Charlotte uh, is no longer teaming with Bobby Roode. Because Bobby Roode has fallen all the way down the card to be teaming up with Chad Gable. Glorious Gable. Glorious Gable. Yeah, ouch. Uh, Billy Corgan announced that the NWA is having a new national title in addition to their world title. Oh, really? It will be debuted at their 70th anniversary show on October 21st, which is a pay-per-view on Fight TV for the low, low price of $24.99. You just said 70 years. And I want everybody to take a second and just let that sink in. I got two minutes, Nick. Don't take too long of a second. 
Um, so yeah, that's going to be October 21st. I'm actually looking forward to watching that. I'm also looking forward to watching Progress Chapter 75, Hello Wembley, on September 30th. Dear God, right opposite of Long Beach New Japan show. What are they doing? Their card is sick for Progress 75. Matt Riddle's final indie match against Mark Haskins. In addition, the Progress Women's Championship in a three-way, Ginny versus Millie McKenzie versus Tony Storm, who has been confirmed to be healthy by September 30th. Fantastic. Eddie Dennis versus Mark Andrews. Jimmy Havoc versus Paul Robinson. The Thunder Bastard Tag Team title match, which is basically just a madhouse. It's everybody. It's everybody coming out in sequence. GYV versus Bandito and Flamita (laughs) versus CCK uh, versus Sexy Star, not the Mexican one. That's the one with Jack Sexsmith and David Starr versus Aussie Open versus Eminem versus the Anti-Fun Police versus the 198. Good God, that's insane. You have Ilya Dragunov versus Pete Dunn. That's going to be a damn good match. Holy smokes, that could steal the whole show. It would if it wasn't for the main event, which is Progress's world champion, Walter versus... Tyler Bate, a man what? half his size, literally what? half his size. Tyler going to die. Walter's going to cave his friggin' chest He's in. He's going to kill him. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what, what did you say the strength spot was going to be? Uh, some gut-wrench suplex by Tyler Bate. He's going to figure gonna out gut wrench to... suplex Walter. Walter. Oh. Dude's like 6'8", 300 pounds. There's, there's, uh, if you're looking for some uh, Tyler Bate strength spots, you're probably going to see him at this paper. I can't. Freaking wait. <laughs> oh, that's two big shows right there. NWA 70th anniversary and progress uh, 75. In case you didn't God. have enough wrestling to watch. What were we saying earlier yeah. about not having enough time to watch wrestling? Right. right. Yeah. Uh, finally, finally, uh, just under three minutes, I guess. Jeff Cobb, our boy, the wonderful smelling Jeff Cobb, debuted on Ring of Honor TV this week, came out and murdered a bunch of, you know, Ring of Honor's version of young boys. Murdered them. Murdered them. Hucked them all over the place. Looks like he's a heel in Ring of Honor. I'm not mad. Interesting. At I'm not mad. Just big cocky, big cocky heel, throwing dudes around. Super psyched. Way to go, Jeff. <sighs> Best luck in Ring of Honor. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that he is. He is. He got signed, and I think he's going to do fantastic. Same. Absolutely. Well, guys, that's it for the show this week. Thank you very much for hanging in there. I know we just pummeled you with a ton of wrestling. We said content. it was going to be a big show. We did not lie. We warned you. Uh, as always, come over and hang out in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at BWO Podcast. If you like this show and want to support it and get into some really cool tiers of rewards, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Get show notes, listener questions to get involved with the show. You can even get a copy of our uh, special bonus episode from August where we give the state of the Roman and our full opinions, everything Roman reigns. Those of you that It's have, much uh, better than it sounds, we promise. Oh, it's actually oh, it's, yeah. it's a pretty good episode. We we went through and we did our research on that one. So <laughs> uh, stay tuned as we before we announce uh, what we're going to do for September. We haven't completely decided yet, but we will tease you guys in the coming weeks. Oh, I have a pretty good we idea. We will have that one uh, coming actually, out to you Actually, do you want to make it official right now? Not right now cuz we're trying to get out of here because okay. we're Season <laughs> them for later. Uh, and lastly, if you want to get some merch or some uh, sweet swag to rock and let everybody know that we are your favorite wrestling podcast, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store. Pick up a phone, hoodie, coffee, uh, coffee mug, t-shirt, panties. all that kind of stuff. Nope, no panties. No panties. We don't have panties. Why uh, not? Speedos? We, no speedos. No speedos. And we Nonsense. didn't. We did not get the number, the required number of patrons for me to do a BWO speedo in on my vacation next oh, week, which we need to announce next dang. week will be special. I will be yeah. We have to announce lost in week. the Caribbean, fending off the hurricanes. Uh, literally, literally, there are hurricanes. two of them back to back that I am literally going to land the week in between that they're there. Um, Nick, stand back. 
There's a hurricane coming through. Oh, okay. Uh, so we, since we did not meet our goal, there will be no banana hammock pick. Better luck next time. Maybe we'll do that. But yes, next week we are going to have a special show as a result of you being out of town. Yes. We are going to be welcoming a new host to the show, someone who we look to be forward, look forward to be collaborating with and who I believe is still hanging out in the chat room. Judith Brooke yes. will be joining us next week. Judith Brooke, looking forward to uh, to co-hosting the show with you. That'll be uh, that'll be fun. Uh, emanating from uh, from Casa de Danger this Ooh. time, as opposed to the old uh, the old Ordle Ordle Jigsaw, Ordle Jigsaw network, network Arena. Yes. So, but I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.